Welcome to Horror Flicks and Music Mix. We are your hosts. I'm Dustin. And I'm Kevin. On this podcast, we discuss horror films and scores with both fans of the genre and professionals of the music and film industry. Our goal with this podcast is to meld our love of horror with our passion for music, hoping to inspire our listeners to appreciate all elements of the art of film. And today we have a guest, and we Dustin, I'll let you take over guest. here. Who is our guest? Our guest is Vader Boris. I met him when I was up in Salem. That's, That's my sweet. Salem buddy. Are you still living in Salem? I am. I just renewed my lease. Yep. <laughs> nice. It's a badass place to live. Yeah, Especially for a horror good. podcast, like yeah. you can't get any better than that. Andy's in a. Andy's in a. What, okay. What yeah. are you? What kind of a band are you in? Uh, we just my, talked about the whole subgenre thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my main band, uh, I guess you would call it Deja Gravy. Um, <laughs> it's a bass and drum recently adding synth. Um, we have vocals sometimes. Uh, but, uh, we're, uh, what's it called? Almost like a sludge stoner metal band. I like that. Um, oh, thank you. And to make up for us not having vocals most of the time, we bring a projector to our shows and we play black and white horror movies over top of us, usually black and white. Like, um, at our 10 year anniversary show last year, we played Reanimator behind us because oh, of the audience. Mm. Nice. And yeah, I remember when I met you, uh, you gave me some stickers, and one of your band stickers has, oh my God, who is it? It's a, it's a, it's a kill from Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, part one, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's oh, the girl who gets the, the axe. No, the axe to the head. I want to say, that's not her name. Why am I blanking right now? But uh, yeah, no, funny uh, enough, um, I grew up in New Jersey. In the next town over from where the first Friday the Thirteenth was shot, yeah. so it's always kind of been like a hometown movie for us. And like you know, on Friday the Thirteenth, they cool. have the people come back, and you're allowed to go to the campsite and tour it. And if you have the money, it's worth it. I just don't have the money, honestly. Oh, that still sounds like a great time, though. Oh yeah, I'm actually. Um, what's his name? Harry. I can never say his last name right. Harry Man- Manfredi, whatever. Oh, Manfredi, Manfredi, Manfredini. Yeah. Fredini, Manfredini. Yeah, Man- that's it. Yeah. I got him a couple times, and it took everything in me to not bring all my Friday the Thirteenth vinyl and have him sign it. You know? Oh, <laughs> nice! It's like Sweet. that'd be tight. That was well, like kind us- of angle. <laughs> nice. So tell us about your history with horror movies. So, like, what are some of the first ones you watched growing up? What got you into them? Stuff like that. You know, I. I kind of tiptoed and then nosedived, I guess we'll say. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, my father, when I was like little, 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 you know, showed me all the Universal Monster movies. And mm. um, the one that stuck was Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein, ha, of yeah. course. Um, but then at like age four, uh, my dad was like, yeah, my son can totally watch Jaws. And, oh, um, I, I, I'm 35 going on 36. I still don't swim, <laughs> but <laughs> I actually have the front cover of Jaws as a half sleeve on my right arm. Um, oh, that's sweet. Oh, thank you. It's been my favorite movie since I was five years old. And, um, you know, so that was kind of like my introduction. And then, you know, it kind of stayed, I don't want to say PG, but, you know, my father was smart about what to show me and mm-hmm. like, he would show me like American Werewolf in London, or and uh, and then I found Evil Dead on my own. Um, funny enough, I bought I bought the Army of Darkness uh, McFarlane action figure just because I thought Ash looked cool. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Army of Darkness, what's that? And then you know, I went backwards. I watched Army of Darkness, Evil Dead Two, mm. then Evil Dead. I went backwards, and oh. I think that was fifth grade. I want to say, and it was all over from there, man. It was it's, all downhill from there. I think I, think um, I watched Evil Dead and. 
around fifth grade as well with my buddies. Mm -hmm. uh, funny enough, a friend of mine, um, you know, he has a son um, who's getting close to those years, and his son is actually uh, curious about Evil Dead because his middle name is Raimi. After, Ooh, oh, wow. so he's curious about like his his name, and he's like, I want to see Evil Dead, and he's like, <laughs> I think he's in third grade if I remember correctly. So my friend's oh. like, oh, two more years, man, two more yeah, years, yeah. Like, father son, we're gonna watch this shit together. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah. that's that's sweet. So then what would you, I mean, you've hinted at Jaws and the Evil Dead trilogy. What would you say you would be your absolute favorite horror films? Some people do their top five. Some people do just like one in particular. Well, I mean, Jaws is probably my favorite horror movie of all time. If I had to go after that, <laughs> it depends on my mood. Um, mm -hmm. Biggest red flag of them all is... Uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer was oh, my favorite, and that, that, that usually ended dates pretty quickly. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, like it's one thing to be a horror movie fan, but then what's your favorite? And it's like you know, and for a while I was really into Maniac. Um, oh, and you know that's also a kind of can be a hard sell with the um, the original or the or there's the remake with Elijah Wood, which is I, I haven't seen, seen that, that yet, but I've been uh -huh. meaning. That's to. the only one I've seen. Oh. Well, it's you know it's fucking Frodo. I, mean, yeah. I need to see it, but <laughs> there's the uh, yeah, there it is. He killed it, man. I heard he killed it, but um, yeah, uh -huh. I mean, Maniac's definitely up there. Um, I'm also a big sucker for um, I, I can never say it correctly, Gallo. Um, oh, Giallo, yes. Giallo, yeah, because um, you know, I'm a big Goblin fan. Oh, so, you know, yes. anything that Goblin does, I will watch. Um, <laughs> well, both of us. Um, so I saw them live at Maryland Death Fest in like 20. Six no 2016 2017 Dustin just saw them what last year yeah last October yeah they did uh they played demons in its entirety oh, to the nice. to the movie it was awesome yeah uh, I've seen two iterations of uh, Goblin I saw their very first American tour which was like 2010 2011 and the other was a uh, Secret Chiefs three. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with them at all. Not sure who that uh, is, but uh, you know, Mr. Bungle. Yes. Uh, uh, the first three Secret Chiefs three album is M Mr. Bungle minus Mike Patton. Oh, okay. It's um, essentially Trey's baby. They, they they have seven different lineups under one name. They do like everything from Arabian surf to grindcore. I love that. Everything in between. <laughs> they actually have a, a album. My favorite album of theirs is an ode to Goblin. And they wrote a score to a horror movie that doesn't exist. Nice. Oh, that's great. So, they were like the perfect opener for Goblin. And um, from what I hear, they got Goblin too high every night, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was yeah 2010. And then a couple years ago at a temple in Brooklyn, I saw, um, what's his name? Oh, my God, the keyboardist. I, I'm a poser. <laughs> uh, Claudio? Well, Claudio Simonetti. Claudio. Uh, got, yeah. yeah. I saw his, um, what's it called? His uh his goblin lineup and they did Suspiria live too. Oh, you suck. I'm so mad that I missed that. Yeah. It's, that was that was worth uh we got stuck in a downpour like on the way to the movie and the way back, like completely soaking wet head to toes. And it was like I, I'm, I'm not a wet person, I'm a cat. Um <laughs> so, like it was worth it just to see because we I was in the uh what's it called? I had got my tax return, I remember specifically, and I splurged on the second row. So I was like, I want to oh, yeah. see him. I want to see his hands. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, yeah. speaking of getting wet, this movie has to do with 
people not wanting to get wet. Oh, it does. Nice. Yeah. I know what I know what a great segue. Wow. So what are your thoughts on this on this film today? I drink your blood by David E. Durston. My thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah. I know we'll get more <laughs> thoughts, but like your first reaction seeing the title or knowing oh. anything about it. Dude, um, actually, it's funny enough. The first time I ever heard of it was on MySpace, of all places. Oh, because uh, oh, yeah, I'm a fucking ancient dinosaur. Um, <laughs> yeah, I first heard about it on MySpace just because um, I think Rob Zombie, oddly enough, reposted the poster. And I was huh. like, "What is this? I drink your blood." So I went to my local video store, <laughs> and uh, I got it. I've, I mean, I watched it. I watched it yesterday as a refresher. But um, this was a comfort film of mine for a while, which I think says a lot about me. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so i heard of this film and and dustin would attest that at the we have the alamo theater you probably have alamo draft house um out where you live i think but, it's um, in your city, yeah yeah they played this there was this intro i kept hearing when they would have horror films it was the preview it was like dude I drink your blood i eat your skin like i would hear that all the time I'm like what's that from and i figured it's from a double feature of this and uh, i eat your skin yeah, and I kept did. hearing that, and then when you posted the 1970s films, I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, I need to watch this." And I also, I, your skin? I have not, so I have not watched "I Eat Your Skin." Have you? Oh yes, please do it, please. Oh. It's it's free all over the internet. It's even worse than this film. Ooh. I mean, that's the utmost compliment. I I love it. I Why also wanted, to, I also wanted to check it out because it was the very first film to ever receive an X rating from the MPAA, and I think that. Deserves kudos. Was it I eat your skin or was it this? It, no, it was this. It was okay, I drink yeah, your blood. Yeah, yeah sorry. It was I drink I, your I blood. Was very first film to receive an X rating. That's so, insane. I know. It's like compared to other stuff I've seen in the later 70s, that's or even earlier 70s. This is, I mean, it's, yeah, it's shocking, but boy, howdy, there's some there's other some movies out there. That, <laughs> yeah. <who's no>. <laughs> anyway, speaking of trigger warnings, what we got for those? Because uh we'll do the, yeah we'll, uh, we'll do the spoiler free short summary real yes. quick uh satanic hippies start fucking around in a small town and they find out they find out the hard way when a small family tries to get even in any way possible that that sums the movie I mean, that's, uh, yeah that's sure. pretty solid <laughs> it's, it's, yeah just enter like 50 grandpas and like that's i know awesome. oh my god grandpa this kid's fucked up yeah it's Almost uh, as annoying as Bob from House of by the Cemetery. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, God, he had that really high-pitched voice. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, trigger warnings. Uh, yeah, this is the first film to ever get an X rating. So, if that says anything. Um, there's, you know, nudity, sexual assault, graphic violence, uh, the animal cruelty. So, I saw that they did kill the chicken. Yep, that was and real. And then, like, the goat's body is a real dead animal. There's dead but it was animals. already dead beforehand, the director told everyone. Yeah. But all the other animal stuff is 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 fake. But yeah. it's like, the first thing you see is a chicken getting its throat cut, and you see it die. It's like, oh, fuck. It's one of those. It's like, here we go with Cannibal Holocaust all over again. Pretty much. Yeah. Except I won't, re I, I won't rewatch Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, okay, good I point. Don't, yeah. I'm I'm kind of there too. It's like One and done. I don't need to see that again. Yeah. I've seen it like two or three times. Oof, like I two don't. Times, three times. Yeah. Well, damn. So, um. <laughs> so, uh, we're ready to get into the movie. Yes. Spoiler so we will get into this film, and I'll make sure as I'm going through the the uh, 
review here. You guys want to chime in any time or I'll ask questions because we're in for a treat with 1970s I Drink Your Blood by David E. Durston. <clears throat> so the movie starts off with some psychedelic music and we see Horace Bones. What a great name, by the way. Horace Bones standing shirtless and absolutely nude with a sword near a fire talking to spirits. You're like, oh, it just gets right into it. Like you're just boom. Uh, we see, and we see way too much pubic hair for my, uh, it's like, it's so really much bush. It's yeah. really close to the fire. I'm like, if that caught fire, well, that'd be awful. Oh, well, and God. he has no hair on the rest of his body, but then, <laughs> like, behold the bush, like his, <laughs> his whole torso is bare. <laughs> it's just like, damn. And he says this, I am the firstborn son of Satan commands my thoughts. I speak his words. Then we start noticing everyone else around the fire is naked as hell. There's a satanic ritual going on in the woods. And then there's a woman fully clothed looking on from the distance. And then we get the title card, I Drink Your Blood. Then he says, Satan was an acid head. Drink, drink from this cup and we will all freak out. Like, what? That sounds fun, dude. It sounds great, but I didn't know <laughs> Satan was an acid head. I thought he was too busy, you know, yeah, fucking around with fiddles in Georgia. I mean, these sound like my type of people. Like I, everyone else, I'd ever dropped acid with, just want to listen to the Beatles. Like these people are like, <laughs> energy, you know? they're like these guys would definitely want to listen to the Sabbath with me, you know? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The the satanic ritual does look pretty cool, and the fact that they, I I read that the director actually looked like had a someone on set who was in a cult and told them about some stuff they actually did, oh, and he wow. used that in the film. So that's kind of neat that some of these rituals were what actual cults used or a cult used. Evil. You know, but yeah <laughs> so yeah um we got a naked woman in the middle too to kind of add to the ambience and he says to the glory of the mighty one in hell i will devote myself they will worship and suffer for him and then they uh take a chicken and oh shit, they actually slit the chicken's throat and the blood goes down onto the woman and to the rest of the people and the Do rituals the yeah <laughs> They get some weird ass music too that goes on. They see the girl watching them in the distance, and what they say, capture her. And one of the guys uh, who we find out later has a you know crush on this girl who's watching them. Sylvia is like, I brought a stranger, and Horace is like, Don't ever bring strangers, and he slaps him. So we can tell right away this cult leader is you know not one to to mess around. All of a sudden, by the way, before we keep moving on, there's going to be a lot of times in this movie where I say, Whoa, fucking editing, because we edit to strange parts in the scenes all of a sudden we're running and then boom we're on the ritual again boom we're in town the editor must have just been just cutting for time either i don't know what the hell's going on but the editing in this is a bit spotty yeah, there's a lot of rough cuts for sure <laughs> it's, it's just like oh here we are so she's they're chasing after her and then boom we edit to the next morning and i was like okay um where she's limp this um girl who was watching the naked satanic ritual people she's limping into town and as a kid and some woman are running up to Sylvia and they're like, oh, are you okay? What happened? Pete is the boy who's going to play a huge role in fucking this whole thing up. <laughs> he, he runs to get the oh, grand. Fuck. Yeah, I said grandmother. I meant grandfather. Sorry. He runs to get the grandfather. who We find out is a veterinarian. And then we edit again to the satanic hippie leader, Horace, trying to fix their broken down truck. And it's like, okay, it's a really cool looking truck. And they are getting ready, ready to walk into the next town, and they're like all jacked around. They're like, "Oh, we'll find a place to stay, and we don't have much food left. We don't have much money." 
and they decide to get out of the van except for leave one guy in there and this is the worst fucking prank ever that's what i'm saying they leave the guy in the van they put they they put it on neutral and they push it down into the ravine and then they all start laughing hysterically while the guy wakes up it's like the fuck well what kills me with that part is the one guy helps push and then all of a sudden afterwards he runs down the hill to help the guy in the truck like he had nothing to fucking do with it like, yeah. <laughs> what an awful like it's like okay it's like what kind of a, already for fuck's sake what kind yeah. of a joke is that here let's just potentially fuck up the vehicle oh we'll just wait till later this poor guy goes through a hell of a lot more i really yeah. feel like after that i would have been like you know what i'm just gonna leave guys but now he, he sticks with yeah, it he sticks maybe with maybe it. i should find something else to do not yeah yeah, yeah so yeah that that's and he so the truck was broken down, but instead of trying to fix it, he just ruins his fucking truck and they just walk into town. Yeah. This guy does not give a flying fuck, Mr. Horace Bones here. Or Horace Horace Bones. Yeah, Horace, Horace. Bones. Horace. We now see Sylvia. That was the girl that was watching the satanic ritual. Um, and she's lying in bed looking kind of beat up. The grandfather, the mother, and her younger brother Pete come in trying to see how she's doing. And they're like, Who could have done this to her? And they get ready to drive into town. And instead of going to the police, I guess the damn project site is where they go for problems. So this really is a town in the middle of nowhere. They don't even have fucking a sheriff or anything. So interesting, interesting. No doctors, no police, and I don't know that that's weird with the 180 with the doctor because at first she's like, he wouldn't let me take the doctor, and then like two seconds later, she's like, okay, I'm gonna go get the doctor now. <laughs> right. There's a yeah. lot of that in this film where they'll be like. We should set this place on fire. Why did I set the place on fire? Like, right. there's a lot of back and forth. Like, yeah, we should push this car. Why did we do that? Why we? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck's that about? So yeah, so she says that one of, um, well, they, so they go to the damn project site because that's where all these construction workers from around the area are working, and um, the woman that's looking after Sylvia, which is Sylvia's mom, says it must be one of the men from the construction site. So she goes to the da uh, the dam project site, and she goes to meet her boothang Roger, Booth. which is her husband. Like her husband, and it's that they they needed to explain this better. It's her like husband. Oh, I didn't. But catch. it's the stepdad of Pete and yeah, Sylvia. Know. But then they don't call her mom. Sometimes, sometimes they call her by her first name. They don't call her mom. It's very confusing family dynamic. And I don't know who's related to whom in here. Uh, yeah, it was just a bunch of people going crazy. Well, yeah, that's all that matters. I mean, <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> he says one of her men says one of your men's responsible for the hurt there, Roger. And this woman's talking about, like, gives this really, really elongated monologue about living in a ghost town and is acting way too hard. Out of all the quote unquote actors in this film, she's the one I'm just like, you just need just move on. Let's go back to Horace, please, because she's like, I just can't keep living in this ghost town it's like i only keep it open because you asked me to roger right yeah exactly it's like then move <laughs> so yeah the, it's too much we find out her former husband frank was actually killed and this this roger guy is her boyfriend new husband whatever and now we go outside and pete's making everyone coffee and they're like oh hey get some coffee here all right and now we're editing again. So yet again, what do you guys think so far? We're about 15 minutes in and we've met some characters. Like, where are you guys thinking where this movie's about to go with all this? Because remember, the movie's called I Drink Your Blood. We get a satanic ritual. Then we get 
a woman beat up and now we get these characters that are just so nothing. I, I don't know how else to put it. Where are you guys at with the film so far in these first 15 minutes? I mean, usually with me, I, I, I remember the first time watching it just being like, something better happen soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. When I was watching this, like this was my first watch. I was just like, okay, what's going to happen? But the whole beginning scene, it starts out pretty crazy already. Yep. So it's just got a little bit of, oh, here's all these characters, but bad character development and this well, yeah, and that, that's... but it's just like yeah, we're just waiting to see what happens right much. because i always assumed the movie's called i drink your blood we see a zombie on the cover i'm like oh it's gonna be a zombie film and it's actually technically not and we find that out a little bit later but i'm still like the fuck's this all about anyway so they get infected with something. i know so the editing, now we're back to the satanic group. So Pete's making coffee, and all of a sudden we're with the, the, with the satanic group again. And they're trying to figure out what to do. Horace slaps some of them around, showing his crazy control over them, you know, because he's a badass. And they see the family going into the general store. So when they go in, the store owner, she gets them some food and milk, and they're like, thanks for helping us out. Where can we stay around here? And we, one of the, we start finding out some of their names fucking finally, because th these movies are never good about showcasing names. But Sue Lin, the older one in the group, the oldest the old woman in the group. I would say she's the senior of the group, definitely. The senior of the group, yeah, you know. She starts <laughs> walking around to find them a home, and then they just hang around. They're like, oh, there's abandoned houses everywhere, so they just go into a house. Then we get some cool funk music for some reason. It just it doesn't match, but it works. Pete follows the cultists into this abandoned house and says, you shouldn't be staying in there. It's haunted. There's lots of rats. And they're like, oh, oh. We'll have fun with this and they and then for three minutes there's a montage of them killing rats and putting them on a skewer I, and I, at this point i'm just like what the fuck yeah i think this movie was just trying to be shocking yeah it's it's just them like oh, let's get some rats so they're trying to shoot rats they're trying to bash rats and they're gonna eat them i'm like man these this these satanic hippies man they're just out of control Obviously, this movie is a commentary on counterculture, but wow, it goes a bit far. It kind of feels like an extreme anti-drug movie, like um, yeah, uh, I like Frankenhooker, you know, like uh, uh, <laughs> oh, anti-crack message. You just have to watch the rest of it first to get it. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, because um, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, they're hippies are evil everybody yeah people didn't really well, like it was probably an easy cash in too you know what i mean because like some people are so isolated in their little bubbles and they watch the news and they see about these like communist hippies protesting vietnam and shit then they go hey here's a movie about like killer hippies on acid satanic hippies and i know, know clench, clench their pearls <laughs> It also followed a year after the Manson murders, so this was a topic that was oh true. So it, the, yeah. the director came up with this idea from seeing what happened and was like, "What if I came up with a film that had something to do with, you know, a hippie cult?" And uh, yeah, I saw that too. It's yeah, so it, it's it's very interesting how they do that. And now we get my favorite, my second favorite character of the hippie group, Rolo Yates, Dude, which Rolos. is which is I, the I like man Rolos. in the in the awesome yellow shirt and and just he's like Satan's a black man. I was like, fuck yeah. Dude. Have you ever had Rolos? 
Roll. Oh, I love old candy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. He's probably my favorite character. I know Horace, the guy who plays Horace, um, yeah. kills it. But the guy who played Rolo, um, also great. Oh man, he especially like all the impersonations he's doing at the beginning and everything. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of bummed that he wasn't in anything else besides this because I, I, I don't know. That's wonderful. Yeah, he he definitely sold it. Like, as compared to some of the other actors and actresses in this movie, he sold it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, everything he does, his facial expressions alone are like that. That should have won. That should have won Academy Award right there. Oh, definitely. Uh -huh. He's so. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so Rolo here is so he caught the most rats. So that means that he gets to lead the oh, Satanic that ritual happened? that okay. night. Yeah. And he's going around to see which of the members is not a true member of Satan's family. And we now edit all of a sudden to Sylvia, um, the girl that was attacked, screaming. And she's getting her grandpa to console her. She talks about how she met this man named Andy stealing a chicken. Andy was um, the quote unquote hick. They say they call him in the group, the, the southern guy who's in the group. Um, and they edit back to the ritual. So these edits are just, they're out of control. They need to calm the fuck down. As they're getting the ritual ready, they have daggers, and Su Lin leads the prayer. She cuts into the man's feet. And the guy, by the way, they're cutting to this man's feet. This is the same guy they pushed down a hill. Like, fuck, this guy can't get a break. So they think that he's not a true member of Satan. So they cut his feet. And they're putting blood everywhere. It's 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 chaos. And while this is going on, they lead him up to the attic, and the grandpa goes into the house with a shotgun. He's like, "I'm gonna deal with these fucking hippies." Pete's telling him to knock it off, and Pete's like, "Grandpa, don't go in there." And Rolo is now swinging the guy hanging by a rope, and his blood feet, his bloody feet, are getting on everybody. This is some weird shit right here. Yeah, don't know what the fuck's going on. And then this. Oh my god, guys. What do you think of the synth music playing when he's going up the stairs yeah, and is it is literally like a it sounds like a bee <laughs> in a like bee caught in like a fucking microphone trying to get oh out. My God. There's a lot of moments where the score just it's it's God, it's so too much it's too loud compared to the rest of it. it's not mixed well. Yeah, like so sometimes the music down. is just it's just like Fuck. And this they oh, made yeah. like this B sound for five minutes straight. I decided to turn down the volume. I was like, B's and no. Galaga. Dude, it's yeah. um also with that synth, might I add, the main like the doo -doo 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 -doo. like the yeah. first time I'm watching I drink your blood, that synth comes on and all the hairs on my neck stand up because I'm like, I know this. Why do I know this? And I'd never seen the film before. Uh -huh. Uh Rob Zombie samples that at the beginning of one of his songs. Oh uh, okay. feels so of course numb. he does. Thank you, because every You're time welcome. when I was watching this, I was like, what the fuck is that from? I know I've seen that or I've heard it somewhere. Yeah, at the beginning of Feel So Numb from... Uh, it's a, oh, I totally feel is. so numb. Oh, oh yeah. let's see. Gonna... Yeah, so that's that was kind of a distraction for me watching the film. Every time the synth kicked in, I was expecting like Feel So Numb to come on afterwards. Here we go. Let me, let me play it real quick, yeah. 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 That motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, man. Of course, he has a 70s. Thanks, Grant. 
Like I was, that was driving me nuts. Hey, glad I could help. Uh, <laughs> I would have been listening uh, to Rob Zombie some random time and be like, "Oh shit!" Hey, I don't know that's from. Well, hey, cool. that happens sometimes when I'm watching old films and all of a sudden I'm like, "Oh, there it is!" Like, there's well, the clip. Like, I mean, like I'll be like, watching Sven Gulli and whatever film Sven Gulli showing happens to have, you know, the originality. Just like when we watched, uh, oh, what was it? Well, we were watching, Lee. um, yes, uh, City of the Dead. No, it was the, it was the Brides of Dracula. When we found out, or was it thing? No, City different. of the Dead. When he's like superstition, fear. Oh yeah, Damn. another Rob Zombie. Yeah. Rob Zombie. Yeah. Wow. I just found uh, Astro Creep on cassette last week, so now I need wow. to get some player so I can listen to Astro Creep. Hell yeah, nice. <laughs> That's cool. Well, now let's go back to the attic here. Grandpa's coming up the attic and seeing all this shit going down, and Horace is like, "Hey." Come on up. I, by the way, I love Horace's like th this whole scene. He's just so like doesn't give a shit. He's like, yeah, why don't you shoot me? He just takes the gun from him, takes the takes the the shells out, and Grandpa's telling Horace is going to kill him. Horace is like, ah, yeah, well, you can fucking try. And this is where I'm just like, this guy's doing great. This this guy should do more things. He then punches the Grandpa on the stomach, and one of the girls starts looking at him and gives him LSD. <laughs> Well, it's here, like here you go grandpa here grandpa well grandpa kills me because like <laughs> i don't know man like I, I i always grew up hearing that like if you're gonna pull out a gun or a knife be prepared to use it they literally just pull it out of his hands like there's right. no struggle he points the gun and horace is just like it's just like taking something from a toddler he's like no 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 this isn't time for you to play with this yeah <laughs> like, i'll take it not even put up a fight like come on grandpa there's no cops in the town just open fire already Go right. full Grand Theft Auto, you know, slaughter them all. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> so the grandpa's, the grandpa's tripping, fucking tripping balls. And the kid, uh, Pete, the kid's like, Grandpa, 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 Grandpa. And I want my grandpa. Where's yeah. grandpa? And, and Horace is like, it tells the blonde one, like I said, we don't get her name until much later. Says, go get that kid. So she comes out and's like, hey, honey, how? He's like, you're flirting with a 10 year old. Fucking <laughs> stop. And then she's like, well, grandpa's fine. He's just partying with us. So oh, all of a sudden, um, Horace comes out and is like, you should get out of here. He kicks Horace in the nuts and runs away. And Pete gets caught and Rolo grabs him from behind. But they're like, oh, don't worry. Grandpa's fine. They just let him go away. Like, after all that, they catch him. We think that something bad's going to happen. Like, no, it's going to let him go. And grandpa's going home and he is, out. yeah, tripping. Uh, oh, they did something to him. They did something, yeah. So they get home, and then I didn't understand this at all. So Grandpa's home. Sylvia is like, "Oh, don't worry, Grandpa. I'll take care of him. He's he's just tripping LSD." He's like, "What?" Then Pete's like, "What's LSD?" <laughs> um, they bring him upstairs, and then he goes and gets the the Pete gets the shotgun. He goes outside, and then there's a dog. <laughs> it's just a growling dog, and there's he dog shoots, it's like, why was he going outside with the shotgun? Was he going to go? Shoot yeah, he was gonna go fuck some shit up, or he's just like, you know what? It's it's not gonna go just. Why I oughta? Why I'm gonna go a stroll? Yeah, and he just shoots the dog, and we figure out why because the dog was foaming from the mouth. Yeah, he, he has rabies. Uh -oh. Rabies. Uh huh. And then this is when I said in my notes: Is this movie a drug slash hippie slash rabies PSA? It probably is. So now it's a rabies PSA. Yeah. <laughs> They so 
yeah, this badass music playing as Pete's going out with the shells and some and the shotgun. This kid does kick some ass though, because he goes out there, he shoots the dog, and then he just comes back. I I was I had to I had to rewind because I'm like, wait, what's fucking happening? Because I was looking away for just a second. I come back, he's shooting a dog. I'm like, what? Yeah, that happens a lot in this movie with all the quick edits and everything. I'm like, like if you don't see. If you're looking away for 10 seconds, you're missing. I'm something. like, Grandpa was on the table not feeling well, and now he's shooting a dog? What? They're the kids shooting a dog? Like, yeah. the fuck? And, like, and lots of animal deaths in this. Like, they... Dang. Okay. So, Pete killed the dog. Maybe. Tells his sister that the dog had rabies, so he needed to kill it. And now it's, like I said, a rabies PSA. He washes his hands, and we go back to the satanic hippie, uh, hippies talking about dumping one of the members who they had hanged. But we find out that one isn't dead anyway. It's like, this is where I get really confused. Is the guy whose feet was cut and hanged, he wasn't dead? They just lie him on the table? It's, it's He's just like slowly bleeding out and no yeah, one's doing anything about it. They're, well, they're, they don't have a police station. They definitely don't have a hospital. They have one doctor that's mostly at this dig site. Like, I don't know what the fuck this town's about. Oh, also, just want to throw in there. I love after he shoots the dog and he comes inside. And the sister's like questioning him. And she's like, well, how do you know the dog was rabid? He goes, I might not know about that LS stuff, but I sure know about rabies. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking tell her, bud. You, you tell, tell her. her. Yeah, tell her, Pete. Pete. Shoot her down. Peter Pete. <laughs> Sorry, just yeah. that, that part kills me every fucking time. Oh, no. yeah, you fucking tell her, dude. Like, yeah. And now we're editing to Pete, who's getting syringes and shit together. And I'm like, dude, I don't what know. the fuck is he doing? And so he's going through his grandpa's medical equipment and like putting the whole kit and caboodle in the actual kit and caboodle. Um, and I'm like, doesn't the grandpa lock his shit up? Like this, no, really... this is 1970, dude. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, yeah. And if anyway, he goes back out into the night with a veterinarian bag and he finds the dog who's still breathing with a bullet wound and foaming at the mouth. He puts on gloves, grabs the syringe, and takes blood that looks like sriracha from the dog. Um, like the, the blood is so orangey. I'm like, it looked like a bottle of sriracha. Um, he comes up. Oh yeah, maybe <laughs> he goes off with the bag and the syringe full of blood and he hides it away. And now we edit to the next morning. Pete hides the medical bag from his mom and Pete tells his mom he should make some more meat pies for the hippie group. And she's like, Oh, I'll go make more. He gets the syringe and fills the meat pies with the blood. Damn kid. Don't fuck with Pete. Reminds me of that yeah. South Park episode where he puts Dude, Scott Tenorman's mom in the chili. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's where they got it's it from. Radiohead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're just a baby. We don't like babies that cry. Oh, Come on, guys. God. Yeah, if so, then wh why do I cry to Kid A all the time, Tom York? God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, every t so now we get uh, the Satan Hippies again. They're coming back to the store to get more food. And Pete's like, we only have meat pies. And like, oh, I guess they're trying to get rid of them. So. Eat these meat pies. Eat these meat pies. The only they... other time I could think of meat pies being in a film is fucking Sweeney Todd, dude. Uh -huh. Those aren't... Never trust a meat pie. Mm -mm, no, if I, I would never try nor want to have a meat pie. Chicken pot pie is fine, but not meat pie. Um, <laughs> Gram Grandpa wakes up feeling better, says he needs to call about the rabies. Because Pete tells him about the rabies. And this is where I was getting really confused as who's related to whom. But we've already talked about that. So I'll uh, move on. Anyway, so we got Pete killing a dog. 
He's putting meat in the blood pot. Uh, meat in the blood pot. <laughs> blood in the meat pot. <laughs> He's making rabies pies. He's making rabies pies. He's putting blood in the meat pies. Guys, what the fuck are we watching? Uh, We're I watching drink, I Drink Your Blood. I Drink Your Blood, yeah. I, I mean, they're actually technically thing. eating the blood, so should we call that I Eat Your Blood? Yeah. No one technically yeah. has drink, drunk, drinking, drinking blood so far. Well, no, well, they drank blood in the beginning in the ritual. Well, they did. Oh, maybe I missed it. Oh, the chicken. Oh, the chicken, the chicken. chicken blood. So the I movie, drink your chicken blood. The movie's over in the first 30 seconds. It's like the movie's called I Drink Your Blood. Oh, look, they drank blood. Ah, that's it. What a great film. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Trigger warnings, hangings. Oh, there's a, yeah, that's true. Oh, gosh, there is two hangings. Two yeah. And that, we'll get to that part because I'm very confused how he could have killed him that fast. But anyway, um, mm -hmm. as they're driving around, Pete asks his mom, but he calls her by her name or is a co-worker. I'm still fucking confused. <laughs> what happens if humans get rabies? She says, oh, well, Pete, they go insane. Oh, shit. Haven't you seen quarantine or a wreck? Yeah. Now we edit to the satanic hippies all eating meat pies except Shelly. Uh oh. The guy they strung up with his bloody oh! feet and Andy, right. the cowboy who doesn't want meat pies. Which I don't blame him. Those meat pies look fucking gross. No, it did not look appetizing at all, honestly. Not at all, no, not at all. Not in the slightest. As they're all eating and chewing with their mouths open, which that I I was fucking disgusted. The rest of the movie, yes, gross, but that part, fucking chew with well, your mouth really closed. The envelope. It was just too much. And then Horace takes another one. He's just going, dop, dop. I'm like, fuck, please cut. Oh, Now's the time to edit that out. Oh That's why the MPA gave an XP, uh, X rating for that shit. They're eating with their mouths open. Mm -hmm. Andy, the hick, they call him. <laughs> That's what it is. Comes up to Sylvia to see how she's doing. And she's like, I don't fucking know. You guys attacked me the other night, but I'm fine. He talks about leaving the group and how they are the sons and daughters of Satan. He wants to get out of it. And now we edit right back to the satanic um, hippies again and they're tripping we think and horace is playing russian roulette and just shooting the gun off of people's faces fun and shoots in the air and starts laughing this guy's unhinged and i love it everyone's starting to get really sick and he maniacally starts pointing the gun at the pregnant woman it's like jesus christ pregnante pregnante, pregnante yes Heard well, that. as he said, he was feeling the full effects of Satan, you know, he would because everyone uh, he's like, I don't feel good. I feel great. I feel nothing. I you have to let the yeah. evil like, like, OK, there's the edge edge lord of the group. There he is. Yeah. Yeah. Just Horace, the trip's gone wrong. Oh, I, I, if Horace if Horace Jones had like a Facebook, he would just post all the cringiest shit, get banned every 30 days. Like, absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And. So now we're we're finally getting to the meat of the movie. <laughs> meat. <laughs> the damn guys are all the damn guys, not like the damn guys, like the guys from the dam. The damn god yeah, isn't it goddamn? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I'm glad you got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> the damn guys are all concerned about Sylvia being beaten, and now they're concerned about the satanic hippie group. Uh-oh. And they say, Don't bother, Mr. Davis, just drop dead. And she goes, like, some of this. This needs to stop. Just get to the killing. That night, finally, the cultists are groaning in pain and agony. And Sue Lynn's looking at some tarot cards. And she shows Rolla, who's getting up, the death card. And he's, like, freaking the fuck out. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to kill some people now. She puts the card on Shelly, the dude whose feet were cut earlier. And he gives Rolla a dagger. And then he sticks the blade up and, bam, right through Shelly's chest and heart, like, multiple times. And then we get this warbling synth music as he's freaking out, going, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, oh, some classic boog. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Horace wakes up feeling incredibly sick and grabs his sword. And now we get jazz music with Galaga sounds. I'm not kidding. It, it literally sounds like Galaga. We play it again. <laughs> and it like yeah. yeah, there's a lot of Galaga. <laughs> no, there, there's so much like jazz fusion in this movie. It's not even funny. And then they, yeah, yeah, yeah. As Rolo goes to grab an axe and Horace is stumbling around the house, we notice Shelly is stabbed to death. And Horace is like, oh, that's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. So now we're getting everyone freaking out. Do you guys believe in, in any real scenario, does rabies actually do shit like this? Or are they just taking it to the full effect of, this is why we got to take care of rabies, guys. This is like the no, strongest PSA ever. I think I'm just using my nerdy movie knowledge after watching like Quarantine and Wreck, which is the same fucking movie. Yeah. They also get infected with rabies and they talk about it and they're like, no, you don't get symptoms for like a certain amount of time but this process is sped up for some reason i feel like they're doing the same thing in this film mm. yeah, i definitely feel like it's it's a tad embellished yes <laughs> i imagine so because like shit if, if like, no wonder they put like 40 shots in your stomach if you get rabies yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't want this to happen to me i don't want to start stabbing people how and... much time do i have like yeah. if you get bit like how much time do you got yeah Oh fuck! Well, here we go. It's 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 just about to get real, and then it just ends. So that's get the real, 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 real. Rolo, I, I keep thinking the candy comes back and starts <laughs> swinging his axe around at Horace and Su Lin, and the pregnant girl shoots and misses as Horace and Rolo now have a standoff with the sword and axe, and they have like the wimpiest duel I've ever seen. Then Rolo great chops music though. I guess, and then he just randomly chops off Shelly's leg, who's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> and starts chasing the girl with the foot. It's yeah. like, the fuck is this? Oh, it's great. He's so, like, he's so sinister about it, too. It's like, you know, like, she's leaning against the pole, hyperventilating. He's just, like, slowly moving the foot in front of her face. Like, <laughs> he's so like, menacing. <laughs> yeah. The store owner's now driving into town, and more crazy shit's going down at the abandoned house. And he see, she sees, like, Andy running off, like, oh, help. And she's like, oh, fuck. And I guess there's only like 12 people in this entire town. So, or a village. It's not even a town, it's a village. It's basically a village. It's like Union, Nebraska. If you've ever been there, there's literally 10 people. I believe um, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, or, I don't remember. Did we drive through Nebraska? I don't remember. Yes, we, did. we did drive through Nebraska. Yeah. I think well, I saw about 10 people. Yeah, that, well, we're in the, the, the mean, populated yeah. part. We're in Omaha, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's parts of Nebraska that, like, Children of the Corn, it's literally based oh, off yeah. that. It's I, I've gone and done work just two hours in the middle of nowhere fucking Nebraska. There is nobody. Like, why do you live here? Why do you live here? <laughs> yeah. Why do I live here? <laughs> there you go. Anyway, let's move on. So now, Horace is running around with the sword that looks just like Anduril from Lord of the Rings. He chases after the store owner and she sees the hippies all are all hanging about. And now Rolo's chasing after one of the girls in the woods. And then we edit to Andy being a fucking creep. So like staring in at Sylvia from the window. It's like, what is going on at this point? It's starting to hit everybody. So much. Starting to freaking Everybody's losing it. Yeah. Oh man. Grandpa's sitting to eat with Pete and Sylvia. He goes to the front door to let the store owner woman in. We still don't really know her name until much later. The the woman from you know who owns the store, who's Pete's mom, I think. Whatever. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Andy comes to the window to speak to Sylvia and says, I need a place to hide. She's like, Oh, just go to the barn. Sure. 
And now we're back at the construction site where all the boys are getting ready to beat on some fucking hippies. They want to go protect. Now we find out her name, Mildred Nash. That's Mildred. the store owner. Mildred. Mildred. God. What a 60s name. Yeah. How many Mildreds do you know nowadays? Not yeah. many. Uh, oops. And now Sylvia and Andy meet in the barn. And then Andy tells Sylvia, that colored boy, Rollo, I'm like, oh, that's fucking racist. Great. He's worried about the killing he saw. And if he, well, because they needed to establish he was from the South. So they had to put that in there, I guess. Um, he's worried about the killing he saw and if he should say something. Grandpa takes some samples of the dried, bloody handprints on Mildred's car. They're concerned because one of the hippie women gets a ride from construction workers, the one that was running away from Rollo. And <laughs> they start harassing her. It gets really awkward here. And she says, I'm being followed by a black creep. It's like, can we stop with the racist shit? That's two racist things in like three minutes. Like, fucking hell. But it is 1970, and I don't think they knew better. The girl... I mean, no, I was right. gonna say for a film in the seventies, we're lucky they're not like saying oh, things. Oh, true, true, you know? true. But it's, progressively it's just, so, like progressively so, yeah. So this this shit just I don't know. We get into some weird territory now. The girl, the blonde girl, <laughs> it's been weird since the beginning. <laughs> I know, but it's just getting even fucking weirder. So the blonde, the blonde girl is leading the construction dudes to the house. Yeah, but uh, she's like, "Oh, I don't want horse." No, she leads all three of the men away from it and says she's gonna promise them some cheese. I'm like, uh, "Hell yeah, baby, hell give me yeah. that cheese." That, that, that is a hell of a way to say you have a yeast infection. Oh. I know, <laughs> but you're probably it's, it's right. Like hippies, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. Golly, other constructions do other construction dudes are so the construction dudes were all higher because they don't don't have a fucking police force in this town. They're all going around to try to round up these hippies. Um, especially when Mildred told them, hey, there's some shit going down in the village. You guys can help us. They go to the bakery and they're like, no one's here. Let's go. Okay. And then <laughs> they literally just look in the door and they're like, no one's here. Let's go. Uh, they go to the abandoned house. I said hotel for some reason. I guess I was thinking of my bloody new year. I think, oh. no, I think that is a hotel. Oh, it is a they hotel. Do call it a hotel, I think. Oh, never mind then. Okay. Well, yeah, you're on the you're on the money, bud. I was like, good. There we go. Okay. So they see all of the rats and accidentally touch the blood of Shelly and the construction one of the construction workers is like freaking out. And then we hear that bee buzzing synth again, but this time it's worse because it's louder. Yeah. And they're trying to build tension of something in the attic when they're trying to look for who's in the attic. But it's like and it's just too way too fucking much. Like what is with this fucking soundtrack? It's like Mersbo before Mersbo existed. Yeah, it's 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 like I'm listening to Sun, but like on loop, and that tells you a lot, right? What? Uh, no, as a Sun fan, I can agree. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I think the score, as like crazy as it gets, it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. I I, I feel like you're you're just like ah, it just makes you just want to freak out. Yeah, there's times when it works, but then. When we get to like the chase scenes and it has that funk beat that does it sounds it sounds like Scooby Doo music. It just does. Oh, yeah, match. dude, Scooby Doo. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, but they let it be into the recording studio, and then all of a sudden they get into the attic. Holy shit, the B sound needs to stop. That's why I wrote my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Good note. <laughs> and we so that we get our now we're getting into some killing territory. Finally, Horace is in the ceiling and hangs one of the construction workers, but he dies within two seconds. I'm very confused about that, but he like 
hangs him and then the guy turns around and he's already dead like dang don't know how that works but all right and horace then has all of this spittle coming out because of rabies he stabs the construction worker and part of his liver comes out and that actually was pretty gross yeah like, that nice. part i actually was yeah. like oh shit yeah because it, it it's it yeah because it showed like a little well a little, what would have been plops a liver. out you're like oh, oh. oh. Damn. i love that the rabies just looks like they put um fluffer on their uh what's it called fluffer nut or what is that the, the marshmallow that people put on sandwiches uh, um oh you're a fluffer nutter right no well, fluffer nutters with peanut butter but yeah it's like just the fluff is it looks like that's what it looks like they have on their face it's the stuff yeah. the stuff yeah <laughs> like the stuff. this is a prequel to the stuff yes oh we got we gotta cover that movie sometime. oh yeah yeah something a oh, wonderful film something mm -hmm. fun yes <laughs> something fun something good something okay. fun. yeah so um we're in the barn now and i'm and just like any 70s movie we just have to have hormonal teenagers and all this shit's going down but andy and sylvia are like yep it's time to fuck. let's go fuck. and which it's really like guys with everything going on but before they can do the deed here comes pete with the flashlights like fucking kid and <laughs> the, pete's like don't tell grandpa i tried to murder an entire group it's like yeah because he put fucking contaminated blood in all the meat pies and now the entire 12 person town and all the structure workers have fucking rabies yeah he's telling him he's like yeah i put the rabies blood in the meat pie and they're like what what the fuck did you just say so all the this is christ pete yeah so now the construction boys are going back to the to the dam project and the woman's like i'll go with you and this this is where it gets into that sexual assault really this part's just fucking not necessary, but they weird. need to ham it up, I guess. And they have this like gang bang. I don't know how else to describe it. They're getting ready for one. Yeah, but like you see like a dude get into the car. Yeah, it's like they're all getting ready for it. And, and it's, but it looks consensual. She's but, like, like, it's, hey, but then she starts kind but of then like she, because the rabies are starting to get to her. Maybe it's the LSD. Oh, uh, a little bit of both. I can say. Uh, probably like, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. But now, now we edit from gang bang to grandpa getting in the car. Uh, and grandpa's looking through a microscope. Like, what? He's talking <laughs> to the dam owner and saying that the construction workers bring the girl to their bunkhouses and they start. No, it, he's like looking in the microscope. He's oh, like, it's rabies. My favorite part. And then they go to uh, the bunkhouse where there's more, there's full on, like everyone's making out with her. It's just like, the fuck is this? And then we edit back to Grandpa explaining how rabies is so bad. And then we're back to the gangbang. And then she runs to the bathroom, and we, yeah, and she's freaking out because now the water's getting on her, and the guy's like forcing himself onto her. This is, this is the part that is, you know, very uncomfortable for this is the part of the walk, honestly. It's just like okay, and now we're editing back to the guy talking about rabies. It's like so we get sexual assault, and then a guy having a scientific discussion about rabies it's just like what the fuck with yeah. this movie <laughs> and now rollo's in the woods killing a rabbit bashing its skull on a fucking trunk he's just like of a tree. yeah it's like <laughs> it's banging the tree with a rabbit okay. and then two random women are walking around oh they're the cult women but i was like who the fuck are those women and it took me like two minutes like oh oh the pregnant one the mute right yeah yeah yes yeah. the no names are needed just the two women from the cult one's pregnant one's a mute I think the one's credit is actually just the girl, if I remember correctly. See? Exactly. Well, I, I, I was yeah. looking this up the other day. I don't think she has a name. 
Yeah, doesn't need one, I guess. A lot of them. I mean, of course, that's here. luckily that's why we have Dustin here. Oh, okay. So. My bad. She wasn't credited at all. Her, oh, her character's name was Carrie. Ca oh, she Carrie. looks like Carrie. She does. She looks like a Carrie. Or, um, who's the actress that plays Carrie? Um, uh, Sissy Spacek. Yeah, she she's got that same. Like, yeah, it's got the same facial structure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're it was right. uh, also in the original The Crazies. Oh. oh, that's probably where I recognize her. Mm. Yeah, she did a lot of Grindhouse movies, mostly. And, uh, yeah. This, this is definitely a Grindhouse. Lynn Lowry. <laughs> that's her name. Uh, you know, this, this is probably the king of, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, if someone ever wanted to watch their first Grindhouse movie, I would think this would be it, because it covers all the bases that Grindhouse has, you know? I mean, yeah. they, yeah, all even the... Like the beginning, it has the grindhouse presents. Yep, I was like, oh, yeah. I know it's like uh, compared to this. So, yeah, uh, back to we're getting the rabies PSA and the sexual assault all at the same time, and the women. So the the two women in the woods are have have escaped and they're coming up to a random house. And the woman is like, "You guys must be hungry." She starts carving ham for them. Now this is fucking sweet so the one woman sees the electric carver and she's like man i want to fuck with this and this is the mute girl she saws off the woman's hand and she's just trying to make them some ham and the and she like faints from fucking like she's carrying around her severed hand like holy shit it's just it's ridiculous and crazy splatter. yeah the, the pregnant lady takes off she's like fuck this like fuck yeah. this and the yep. dam operator the dam the operator of the dam uh, sees that the <laughs> damn operator sees the woman is dead, and now one of the workers starts running at them with a machete foaming from the mouth. He's like, Oh, shit, he shoots the guy dead. Then all the construction workers have foaming. That means that all of them had some contact with this woman. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And and what's this part is hilarious because they're all chasing, and the, the music's going do 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 do. It just does not match like the severity of being chased by these rabid killers, literally. Um. And now we're at the snake farm. This, it's like what? It's the easily fuck? my favorite sign. Did you write it down, or do I have to go back? Oh, uh, uh, do you, you? Why don't you talk about the snake farm? Oh, let's see here. You got to talk about that snake farm. And this is right after the guys escaped from the rabid killers by by being in like a river, and they or no, like I guess it was more of like a creek, and they were splashing water on them. There's like the Nazgul and Fellowship of the Ring, and they were like, ah, they're getting away from the water. Oh yeah. Third Lord of the Rings. See, I'm making up for lost time. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know anything about me, sir, I make a lot of Lord of the Rings references. His that yeah, that's fine. I, I I make a lot of uh well a lot of dumb references. I make a lot of dumb and dumber Beavis and Butthead, Wayne's World. My oh, okay. my brain my, my brain is best friend stoners. Um yeah. I like that. I like that. Admission. Yeah, so freaking picture. Should have just kept it paused. Yeah, no, so the snake farm scene is just damn it, ri ridiculously funny. And especially when I saw a random tidbit that the guy they had playing the farmer was just some random dude from around the area. <laughs> and they're like, hey, can you play this part for us really quick? <laughs> and yeah, it's, and then I read, so when yeah. he's, who's that, Horace? That's yeah, like Horace. attacking him. So he like grabs him and the dude's dentures falls out. And that wasn't That's a part the of the part. <laughs> it wasn't part of the script, and like uh, one of them just kind of starts laughing, but they kept the shot. <laughs> yeah, 
because oh he God. walks because so Horace is coming up to this like snake pen and he sees this like python is like oh he goes into the pen and then takes it out and we get this guy in like this onesie he's like hi what you doing he's he's just so you put that down put that down he's just walking like it's just i don't know something about it. i just laughed the entire scene because he's just great uh you can tell he's not an actor um and then he chokes the guy out after and they trip oh no he trips and then he's choked out by horace and his dentures fall out it's just ridiculous and now we got more people running through the fucking woods andy sylvia and pete are running but when did they start running? Did they just start running from the barn? <laughs> when, like, very confused here. And damn it, I can't find that picture. Ah, oh, it's okay. All right, the snake sign is it's funny. It's misspelled. That's all. Oh, that's the best part. Oh, yeah, admission, admission, or pregnante. Yeah, we're getting to that in just a bit too. Um, Rolo is. <laughs> Rolo was uh, chasing running. Pete, Sylvia, and Andy. We're near like the last what? Oh, we're in, like the last minutes. ten minutes, probably. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We were because I wanted to put in this. Oh my god, clip. Um. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Start over. So, sorry everybody who's listening. Uh, we had some audio issues, and we got cut, and here we are patching the pieces together so yes. we we're left making off. It work we're making it work everything's <laughs> fine it's like frankenstein we're just taking bits and pieces yep. and just sticking it together abby normal yes <laughs> so listeners we left off on rollo here rollo rollo just the candy is uh you know walk around with an axe being all crazy eyed and he's going to now chase after uh the our three you know, protagonists, Andy, Sylvia, and Pete. Um, we get some Galaga sounds, and look, there's more rabies. Uh, construction workers, they're all running over, acting all crazy. And as they're running, they run into Molly. And you probably don't know who that is because some of these names aren't given until much later. This is the pregnant woman of the bunch, Forgot of the that. satanic hippie bunch. And she's upset that no one will help her because I guess these guys are fucking awful you were saying that last time it's like how dare they not like at least try something oh yeah because you know you know as i said last time it's not like she's a star athlete at this moment she's sick with rabies and she's seven months pregnant like even if she turns on you right now she's not going to be you know running at you at 50 miles an hour this isn't uh 28 days later you know like right <laughs> they had plenty of time to help her get up and possibly get her to a car or something but they something it's too late it's too late there's nothing we could do and the unfortunate aspect of this is that since she is pregnant she, not only will they not help her they won't help her baby and then we get the saddest dialogue ever i think we should play that all right yeah i want to play this because this is hilarious help me Andy. <laughs> don't you know what i mean you've got rabies you're contaminated the whole group has it here it is you mean like dog oh, oh my god <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Molly. And what's even worse is after this, she takes off her wig. And why does she get a wig? That's I have I no idea. She then <laughs> she then takes the stake near her 
And this is the part that was really fucked up. This was like the big trigger warning here. She takes the stake and she stabs her pregnant stomach. It's like, that was fucked up. Oh, my God. Yeah. The baby's dead and you still have rabies. Uh, yeah. It's oh like, gosh, Jesus Christ. Um, now, back to Galaga sounds. And we get this 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 chase music, this Scooby Doo do 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 do. It's like what's I the the music for we've watched a lot of 1970s movies recently, and all of them have music that never matches the scene. It's just like this doesn't. It's like Pink Panther shit. Just doesn't. Oh yeah, it's almost almost like 70s porn groove esque. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So it's, it's like, is this a horror movie or is this like, is the plumber, you know, about the unclogger pipes? Like, what's going on? <laughs> right. And uh, I love that when they're running away, at one part, Pete is just walking in the water, like not giving a fuck. Like everyone else is running, but he's just walking. Just like, yeah. <laughs> did they, did the, act, the director tell him, oh, Pete, uh, you can slow it down a bit. He's just walking, not giving a shit. Um, he probably didn't want to get wet, and he was like, "This wasn't in my contract." Then they, then he push. So uh, Andy pushes him down into the water, and then they're like struggling out of the water. So he could tell, like that was hopefully the only take they did that because Pete didn't look happy. <laughs> they now go and left. The, right, they're back to the barn. So we did a huge three. Yeah, see, he's just walking, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I wish you guys could see this clip. It's it's just oh he's just God. not giving a fuck. And he's then they just upset about grandpa. 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 Well, he's about to he's about to find grandpa in the barn, and he's oh, got he's a fucking pitchfork to his neck and his throat. Then the dam owner, Roger, gives Mildred a shotgun. He's like, you know how to use this. And now we get this weird fucking scene. Sue Lin, um, one of the other satanic hippies has rabies and decides that she's going to get a large can of gasoline and start spraying around the bakery. And then she sees Horace running. He's going, <laughs> and he starts running towards her. She sits down with the match and burns herself alive. And we said last time, unfortunately we didn't get this in the track last time, but um, this was the Rage Against Machine album cover for sure. Oh, definitely. Oh yeah. yeah. Weren't we talking about inserting bomb? Just track? another bomb track. Okay. Yeah. yeah we. <laughs> yeah. Bomb track. Great, great yeah. Um, Andy, Sylvia, and Pete are still running, and now we get this fast-paced chromatic guitar music. It's like, like who did they get to play in the band on this? Anyway, Rollo and Horace are about to have a showdown with while the other guys run into the bakery. We get this Batman fight music. It's just so bizarre. We get Andy, Pete, and Sylvia now trying to get into the bakery, and the construction workers are holding a goat and dragging it into town and at first i said some of these animals look really real and then you guys said last time oh no that's a, that's a real dead goat that's a real dead goat. A real like, yeah. goat oh yeah this this whole last 15 minutes are just so fucking strange and insane there's so much going on batman fight scenes and goats and oh boy it's gonna get even better though the construction workers um are now coming up to andy uh, andy P sylvia and pete and they I Fucking take Andy and behead him, and now this guy is just running around with his his you know head and like laughing. He's like ah, it's oh, that's the whole Lee time. Fear that we were talking about last time. That's him. Yeah, head. 
Yep, yep, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then like, holy fuck, Pete, it's all your fault. Look what you Rollo takes Horace's sword and jams it up through the back of his mouth. That was actually pretty brutal. Um so, Holocausty. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit of impalement. Very. Yeah, yeah. The construction workers get into the bakery and start tearing the store apart. And um, Sylvia and Pete are in the basement trying to hide. One of the construction workers goes down to the basement where they're hiding, and Mildred shoots him in the face. And we actually have this really cool, like, like makeup effect where it's like his face is all disfigured and shit. It's like, okay, that they they tried on this part. Um, and they're trying to make sense. Yeah, it's starting to make sense, I guess. Um, they're starting to get in the way. Mildred starts spraying them with water from the hose, and. Um, and this is where I said it's definitely an homage to Night of Living Dead, but rabies for them because they're all now getting up to the car and they're shaking the car. And um, one of the construction workers still has Andy's head and keeps like showing it off, like, <laughs> like and, a prize. Like, look, look, look what I got. They're rocking the car back. Yeah. Hold on. Let's do that. Oh, I get that. <laughs> this guy's going to yell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Tom Array and Slayer. <laughs> uh, like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> That's probably how he got his inspiration for that part. Um, surprise. <laughs> so we're almost done with the movie, but they're still rocking this car back and forth. And then boom, fade to black. And I'm like, oh, is it over? Nope. Police show up finally, and they just fucking mow down everybody they're just no, like for nothing new three, absolutely nothing new I know. for boys, three minutes yeah, yeah for three shoot. minutes straight they're just shooting and just like like shotguns pistols everything for three minutes straight and then we see this one guy the the roger guy who owns the dams like whoa 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 okay guys that's <laughs> there might be some actual live people here i mean damn afterwards the cop has no teeth my we had walks over right. <laughs> stop shooting i got orders to open fire, fire. <laughs> afterwards pete and sylvia get out of the car and they're okay roger the dam owner gets mildred safe and sound they all put them in the back of a medical vehicle that looks like a hearse but maybe that's like a medical vehicle from back in the day i thought but it was, was like a hearse too honestly. okay i was really confused i'm like oh sure are they hinting at something no they're not and then the very last line well what can you say <laughs> and then the end as pete really walks off into the distance where's pete going no, dude, that's the part that like like out of the, the i feel like the credits are the creepiest part of the movie because it's just that it, the, the creepy synth and it's just yeah. pete, like walking into the darkness it's like where the fuck is he going after all this right <laughs> so what did you guys think of the, these last 20 minutes were just batshit insane where are you guys at with the like the way it ended, everything at this ending part here. Because I just, it's, it's, there's just so much going on. I mean, it, I, you go first. <laughs> yeah, Dusty. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, it's just fucking crazy. I mean, the beginning of the movie is kind of like weird stuff building up, but then at the end, they're like, you know, we're just gonna go out guns blazing, and that's <laughs> that's pretty much what they did. I thought it was kind of cool, like the little bit of chaos that was going on it would have been probably cooler if this went out to like a larger scale rather than oh like 12 people or 15 people you know yeah but those 15 people they did some damage they really did i mean shit they overturned the car and it's on fire yeah if, like how but you know uh, 
maybe maybe seventies transmissions just couldn't take shit. Well, like that's that. probably because they were shooting it up. Oh, oh yeah, good point, good point. Yep, 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 yep. The hailing bullets. What What do you think? Um, I mean, honestly, for me, I think the highlight of the film, you know, cause I, I've shown this movie to people before, if I want to torture them, um, <laughs> like I have a list of films that like, you know, it depends on who you are. Like if I really like, yeah, I go softer, but if you're like some douchebag that someone else brought over my house, I'm like, all right, I'm going to make you watch. I drink your blood <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, like feed a massive to make them watch yeah. apex join music videos. Um, oh, but, uh, terrible um <laughs> yeah where is pete walking yeah Sorry, Pete's just walking i just realized this too <laughs> pete's just walking with a pistol and yeah. he's just, like what the fuck is he's he's <laughs> gone he's gonna do it all over again this he's like a... yeah. he's like i'm gonna fill more meat pies he's gonna make more meat pies. he's gone it's, rogue it's the ending of the return you know twin peaks he's like what year is it oh god so um no, but I gotta say, a highlight of the film for me is uh, I'm glad that I'm amongst Twin Peaks fans. That's uh, oh, that all. Better. I literally screamed when I watched that. I was like, "What?" Yeah, that was so like. I actually have two episodes left in the return, but my fiance and I are in the middle of rewatching it again, and it's like Good. Twin Peaks Day is next week, so I guess we're gonna have to start over again. Oh, it is. Oh, it is because that's when he's coming into town, oh, right? Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, the sixteenth is when he has the dream. Ah, yep. And, yeah, uh, I. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could go on about Trump Peaks forever. But oh, yes. <laughs> we will oh. have an episode dedicated to it. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's going to be a whole thing. It's, that's going to be a, I would be like a five hour episode. Yeah. Hey, I mean, if you want, bring on my fiance. They lived um, a half hour outside of where uh, Twin Peaks was shot. So they got to hang oh, out there. Oh, that's nice. cool. I want to go, go there a couple times when we were still long distance. I would go visit them. And it's like, well, do you want cherry pie? Fuck yeah, I want cherry yeah. pie. Yeah. <laughs> It's a half hour drive. Let's this do is it. The best day. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the pie and the pie does live up to the show's expectations. That's um, good. But um, no, I mean the one one thing of this movie though that oh, always gets to me film. is the the fucking kung fu scene. Like because <laughs> like I like random things, like you know, in zombie, like I love when there's like the shark zombie interaction and I like out oh, I like random man, shit. Yeah. yeah. Right for this movie, it's like Here's psychedelic porno music, and you know these dudes with terrible makeup on, and like they're just fighting each other, like sort yeah. of. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just so. Oh, that's the remake. So fucking over the top, you know. It's just. Uh, did I need a, a, a rabies kung fu scene? No. Did I get one? Yes. <laughs> just ridiculous. Well, now this has been remade. Yeah. Oh yeah. I talked. I talked. I put some notes on that. We should have. Yeah. We uh -huh. What got remade? Uh, oh, Wizard of Gore. It's with Crispin Glover of all people. No shit. Yeah, we're we're uh, getting the next movie ready. But so scenes that stick out for you guys, I believe that like that last twenty minutes was ridiculous. But the meat carver dismemberment was pretty brutal. Some uh -huh, of the because yeah. some of the kills were pretty impressive for such a low budget. Um, I mean, practical effects. Yeah, good practical effects and oh, definitely. And so I, I appreciated that um, it was it didn't go too over the top. Not like this next movie, but <laughs> it was yeah. it was good. What do you guys think? What scenes stick out for you? I would say, yeah, probably the last ending sequence. Um, I mean, even like the little duel that <laughs> Rolo and Horace has. Yeah. There's ridiculous moments sprinkled throughout this film. Right. 
Yeah, very much so. I also feel like it's a lot of the one-liners. Like, you know, it's just like these little stupid one-liners. Like, like even before, uh, what's her name? The the pregnant one is it Pam? Pam? Yeah. Uh, or just her going, "Oh my god!" Like she's yeah. asking me, "They got the Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this this is definitely one of those films that you can watch and you scream at the TV, like you know, like. You yeah, know, you watch yeah. some of those slashers, you're like, don't go in that room. And then they go in the room. Like, it's kind of like that with this film. It's like, leave like, the acid heads alone. Maybe don't put the fucking rabies in the meat pies. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, don't eat them meat pies. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bad decisions. And chew with your fucking mouth closed. That's why I want to, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I really think they did that part on purpose. They oh, were no. like, oh, yeah. Eat the food as grossly as you can, as if you've never eaten at a table before. They're, God, it put our dick in it. Sounds great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now, performances from actors that stick out. I think. There's one, Horace. He is awesome as a cult leader. He freaks me out. And I know that I read a very little tidbit that his influence was, well, one person only, Charles Manson, which makes the most sense in the world because he is just, yeah, he, he is disturbing and he actually makes the movie work at times. He's hanging above me right now. Oh, hmm. with Charles Manson or he's uh, Charles Manson, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say, I'm like, I, uh, I, was, I was gifted a copy of Life magazine from 1969 with him on the cover. Oh, so it's um, I have it framed. This is my little recording area. He's right next to Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd and Bruce Campbell. So okay. it's kind of like this little corner of random shit. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Nice. And I also like Rollo because his facial expressions alone are oh, definitely are Academy winner worthy. The, those are those are definitely the two strongest contenders of this entire movie because they kind of like they sold it just right. Everyone else, you know, everyone else, you could kind of tell this was the only movie they ever did. <laughs> but it, it, but it, it works because it's with these kind of movies, it's okay if the acting's bad. It's oh, definitely, definitely, it really yeah. adds on to it. It really gives it charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no, I really, yeah. I love bad movies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So overall feelings, Dustin, about this this movie. <laughs> overall feelings it was something that's for sure um do i feel changed that i watched it mm, kinda <laughs> especially like finding out that it was the first like grindhouse release it was the first x-rated film i feel i feel like this movie does have some sort of important part of history yeah. i guess but like i could have gone without seeing it yeah. Okay. At the same time. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, then, how about yourself? Oh, you know, um, I've I've been a fan of this movie for a long time. It's not mm -hmm. something I watch like often. It's not, you know, I I watch. Um, oh God. Yeah. No, I can't say it right now because I'm um, I'm thinking about it. Oh, um, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's a DVD I have over there, but it's like Kevin Smith movies. I watch, I watch each ah. like ten times a year. I watch Jaws like twenty times a year. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not gonna watch. I drink your blood that much, but like, maybe once every three years, I'll be like, I kind of want to feel grimy. I need a reason to take a shower. Yeah, and, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. and I will throw it out there also, just because you you guys watched I Drink Your Blood, I think you should watch I Eat Your Flesh. Uh, I the other one. Um, I'll see if I have it still. I used to have a link. Um, someone uploaded on, I think it's Vimeo or it's one of those sites. 
they actually have I Drink Your Blood and um, I Eat Your Flesh back-to-back with all the original trailers and everything in between that they would show at the drive-in. Well, that's really? cool. So you guys could skip over just the I Drink Your Blood part, but then you could, like watch the trailers that played in between, right? Because I Eat Your Flesh, like, if you think I Drink Your Blood was bad, I Eat Your Flesh is even fucking worse. Ah. It's in black and white. It's in black and white. Ooh. <laughs> it's like, You're going to have to get... That's... I'm gonna, we're gonna have to give that a look see at some point. Yeah, so. that might be a good like for April Fool's Day or something because it's once it's as I said, it's even worse than I drink your blood, but at the same time, it's somehow a little more graphic if I remember correctly. Ah, but it's in black and white graphic, so do with that what you will, you know. Okay. Um, but um, and uh, another thing, if you ever get a chance to see these movies at an actual drive-in, um. Because like the next film you guys are watching, um, Wizard of Gore, I saw the original at a drive-in. Oh, that's cool. And it was, you know, I, I, re I refreshed recently, and I'm like, it was cool watching it on my TV, but it was something different when I was sitting in a field with a bunch of people watching it. It felt more True. appropriate. Yeah, and especially for like that time period, for like the 60s, 70s vibe of going, or I guess even the 50s too, like driving. Oh, and, yeah. Um, in your car having a little do they give you like the little thing of sound little you can speaker, listen to yeah. that's that's so cool <laughs> now yeah. just change the radio station uh, you'll bring boom boxes or at least the, the drive-in I frequent they don't have the speakers for you but they do have a PA system that blares the sound out so if you don't have right. your own speaker you could park closer to the concession stand but like I have a boom box that lives in my car and it's for that reason of going to the drive-in so I could oh, yeah. further away and not have to use the PA system. That's there cool. you go. Speaking of sound, let's sound. talk about let's talk about Clay Pitts, the guy who did the soundtrack for this. Oh. Um we've got everything from Galaga sounds to chromatic guitar chase music, that fucking buzzing sound. The buzzing. Um <laughs> it, I said it doesn't build suspense clay, it just pisses off the viewers. Uh <laughs> what do you guys i wasn't a fan of the music because it was just out of place and it was mixed have you guys noticed like it would get really loud at times it was loud yes. the rest of the movie i'm like who mixed this and i didn't see anyone that mixed it so i'm like nobody mixed it that's probably why probably the guy on acid oh it's an acid head yeah probably <laughs> go ahead i don't know if you want to if you had anything to say uh um no, I was just, I have the same thing to say about the Galaga sounds. I was watching this and I'm like, what the fuck? Sounds like Galaga woo, music, woo. just all the old arcade style, just woo, 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 woo. and then I went and saw Kevin's notes. They said the same thing. So, oh, nice. I mean, it's pretty obvious what oh, kind yeah. of sounds are coming out of this. And I feel like, yeah, it's not supposed to build suspense or like not even tension maybe, but it's supposed to put you like it's off-putting you're not it's too loud it's like too crazy you're not i don't know you know what i mean i think it's supposed to be doing that yeah yeah overwhelming in a sense yeah mm -hmm. yeah pretty much no i mean uh actually funny enough when uh you know i'm sitting here re-watching this um and I actually thought to myself, I wonder if anyone's put this out on vinyl yet because of. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I looked it up. No, the closest thing is you can buy a digital copy for $2.99, but it's only two tracks and they're each 30 seconds. <laughs> I think it's just the synthesizer and I think it's just the walk up music and that's it. But uh, oh. I don't know. I give it, I, I say give it time because like I'm finding all these 
small labels. Like I got a, a record a couple years ago and it's not worth anything to anyone but myself probably. Mm-hmm. But um side A of the record is Frankenhooker and side oh. B of the record is Basket Case 2. Whoa. Because both of, those, both of those soundtracks were too short to put on their own individual albums. And like this label only has I think 5000 followers on it and they only made 50 copies, but I'm a sucker for things like this. Oh yeah, so <laughs> you know, I, like you know, <laughs> I would buy that. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> well, if I if I if they pop up, I'll I'll link you on Instagram. Um, but there's a couple of cool pages like that that I follow, and they do they love to do obscure shit like this. You know what I mean? So I give it another couple of years. I'm sure they'll do a I drink your blood, I eat your flesh vinyl. Or ah. you know, if someone's listening right now who has that power, fucking do it. <laughs> there you go. Let's you talk about that. quantity. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Do like a green and red like splatter variant. People would buy it and not even listen to it. They would buy it just to go. I just drink it. your blood on vinyl. Like, just be like, whoa. I mean that that is a thing with vinyl nowadays. Like a a good chunk of people don't actually listen to their vinyl. They just collect, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But like I I collect and listen to my vinyl. But yeah, that is something I would I would probably come across it, and if it was the right price, I would get it. Right. No, I mean, that's that's why not for anything. I feel like uh, the Spotify wrap up at the end of the year can be cool. But like this only shows a fraction of my music because uh, especially when I'm at home. Right. Uh, I, I only use Spotify if I'm out driving. If I'm home, I have, re- you know, I have a record collection. And then like I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching live footage of bands. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you, you look at my uh my spotify it's just like yeah you listen to a lot of actually funny enough twin peaks is always my number one song uh-huh. my <laughs> alarm clock it's my alarm clock nice. that's my number one song that's cool. the rest of it is earth because i fall asleep to earth every night so it's like yeah. it really doesn't show off uh what i listen to i love it i'm, gl- I'm glad i'm not the only earth fan they're probably one of my favorite bands i've seen them twice they're they're excellent oh man i think i'm up to <laughs> I've seen Earth four times, and I've seen Dylan solo twice. Ooh, nice. Yeah, last year, we saw them at a brewery of all places in Massachusetts. They played a brewery that maybe held like 100 people. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, I love Dylan. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the actors and crew then. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, you want me to? Okay, so <clears throat> we have Horse Bones played by Beskar Roy Chowdhury. Chowdhury. Chowdhury, yeah. Uh, Sue Lynch, who's played by Jaden Wong. Um, Molly is played by Rhonda Foltz. And Rolo is played by George Patterson. The crew, so we got... Jacques, there weren't many. <laughs> no. Uh, Jacques DeMerco as the cinematographer. And Lyman Hallowell as the editor. And Irving, Irving Carlton as the makeup designer. Yeah, I know they had a very uh, limited crew, and uh, you could, you know, obviously can tell that. Yeah, but let's tell. get into this director, Mr. David E. Durston. Durston. Directed only seven movies in the 60s and 70s. No shit. And let me tell you guys, check this out. I, I looked this up and oh, read about it. Shit. He has a very unique filmography. He started with two exploitative films about women, <laughs> released I Drink Your Blood, and then directed three gay porns and called it quits. What a way to go yeah. out. <laughs> Yep. What were the first two films? The um the exploited films. Uh, ooh, ooh, I could tell you right now. I had I wish I would have just because I'm up. curious. Yes, they, they were, were um, these films. They looked they looked dusky and dirty. I could <laughs> only imagine. 
And one of, uh, yeah, so the, here's the names of the movies because one of the names of the gay porns is hilarious. So um, let's see, director, here we go. So you got Felicia, The Love Statue, and then I Drink Your Blood. And the, <laughs> one of the gay porns is called Manhole. <laughs> That's just the perfect title. It's and so wait, the, words. There, there's another one, Boy Napped. Oh no! <laughs> and stigma. So yeah, this guy had. I think he's like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> it, it just it makes me think of a uh, fucking Stephen Jeffries. If um he was um was it Ed in uh Fright Night, the original Fright Night? Yes. Oh, okay. He's like, you're so cool, Brewster. That kid. Yep. Yep. He literally did Fright Night. He did Nine Seven Six Evil, and then he did gay porn. Hey, all right, you know. So it's just like I always out of because like. I always thought I was like, what a transition to go. And like, I noticed that a lot, like, if, especially if you look at like the 60s and 70s, of course, like you look at some of these actors and actresses and it's like, so half your career is porn and half your career is grindhouse movies. And it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, there's not much separating those, is there? Yeah, you know? like, I mean, like, honestly, they kind of go. They, they go very hey, much. Yeah. Hand hand. Um, right, right. Much so. Um I don't know, but I always thought that was interesting with with some of that stuff. With some of these, like I don't know, I'm I'm one of those people that the second I start watching something, I have to like IMDb rabbit hole for like five minutes to like mm -hmm. please oh, yeah. the voice. That's what and, we like, like to do. Yeah, and, like and, I, I don't know, I'm always impressed by how many of these actors and actresses kind of do that in the horror genre. It's like right. oh, both I see. Okay. And so I tried to look up how his movies did. None of them did well unless his gay porns were bestsellers. I'm not sure. Um, this movie was released in April 20th, 1971 in Canada. Um, but it's a 420 movie, 420, yeah, movie, yeah. 420 movie, but <laughs> it, it didn't show when it released in the U.S., so that was confusing. The alternate name makes sense, Hyperphobia. That makes sense. That makes well, sense. Well, what's weird is okay, so yeah, this movie released on 420, 1971, but it's considered a 1970 movie because we're in 1970, so it must have been released in the U.S. earlier, but the thing is they tried releasing it it didn't really gain any traction until i eat your skin came oh, out and they did it as the double feature that makes sense and i think i remember that now that's like it's all coming back to me now that we're talking about it mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. yeah um it, it, <laughs> yeah it received no rotten tomato score from critics <laughs> that <was good. laughs> oh that's Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but a sixty percent from the audience. So at least I guess people dig it. Yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't get it that high, but you know, you can watch this almost anywhere. Peacock and Tubi has it. I think you can also watch it on YouTube. You can watch it. I think it's public domain. It's a lot of these grindhouse films are very easy to find. Oh yeah. I would imagine it being heavily edited on YouTube. Right. Well, oh yeah. Also, on that note, I realized they had a missed opportunity here. Mm -hmm. um they released the movie on 420 um, oh. the movie is uh what's it called 419 is bicycle day when lsd was created mm. if they had just released it one day sooner it would have been uh, perfect that would have been perfect yeah because that's the day that hoffman took accidental took a dose and rode his bike home and that was the first ever acid trip yeah. Huh. I didn't yeah. know that so what would you guys with this movie we got our rating system rating. we got kill it watch it buy it Dustin, we'll start with you and go around the trio here. Uh, Top of table. I, I would say watch it. I would say watch it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Borderline kill it, but like 
it's almost too ridiculous. And the <laughs> oh my god, and the meat oh pies, and the just for it being the first Grindhouse movie, I I say it's worth a watch. Uh huh. I, I say watch it, and if you enjoy it, buy it because why not? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Actually, funny enough, talking to someone, I swear this week, I know where some guy is selling his VHS collection and he has this on tape, and I'm trying to get it from him. Oh, oh wow. just because, like, I, I just want to put it up on, on my altar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin, I, I say watch it once because it was just such a curious film, and I, it's, it's not good, but it's not the point. But there's some parts, and of course, I, I'm still speechless about it because I'm still thinking about it. And it keeps, it sticks with you. And I think that's why it's worth watching. Um, it's just so different. But this next movie, Wizard yes. of War, now let me tell you, this one sticks with you, but some for good reasons, mostly for bad reasons. And this is by <laughs> Herschel Gordon Lewis, which I have a lot to say about him later. But uh, where did you hear about this movie there, Dustin? Wizard of Gore. Um, both of these movies is I heard about just recently when I posted on the podcast page, Hey, give us some seventies movies to talk about. And both of these movies popped up a few uh -huh. times from people. So that's yeah. where I heard about it. So I actually heard about it from a book oh, I read called lost in the dark. It's a horror history. I highly recommend it. It's very good, very in depth. Um, and he was and, and there's a chapter where it talks about the father of splatter and his name's Herschel Gordon Lewis. And he was one of the first directors. He was a, he was an English professor at a college and decided like, ah, I'm just going to start filming movies. And all of his hmm. movies are just blood splatter marathons nice. from the early 60s to what would be the mid 70s and then stopped for a bit and then came up with a new one in like the mid 2000s and unfortunately passed away. But uh I was like, I need to check this out. I mean, the father of splatter, we know it's not going to be good, but we want to see like, you know, blood and guts and splatter. Yeah. And where'd you oh. hear about this? Uh, well, actually funny enough, I heard about him eons ago because, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie blood diner. Uh, -uh. I've heard of it, but I've never uh, seen it. If you guys get a chance, it's an eighties film. Um, it's kind of sad to watch because the lead character and it died shortly after the movie. And I, I really feel like he could have been the next big thing. But um, no, basically, Blood Diner was kind of an ode to a movie called Blood Feast. And that was Herschel Gordon's her, yeah. first one. Yeah, that was his first. That was technically like the first Splatter film. Because I know people argue because um, they say the godfather of Splatter. And some say it's Fulci and some say it's, you know, Herschel. So it all depends on opinion i guess well, um, i think because herschel started in the early 60s so i think that's why they really put him on the pedestal oh, I mean, that's, that's what i mean me personally i say it's him but then every once in a while you get people that are like yeah fulci and it's like okay fine whatever you know yeah it, it's like you know in jersey we fight over taylor ham and and uh, uh pork roll so it's the same <laughs> product we just fight over what it's called um but um yeah, I had heard of Blood Feast, and I watched Blood Feast and uh, really enjoyed it for what it was. And that same drive-in I was talking about before, on Tuesday nights, they were showing like retro film. Well, they always show retro films. They're a 35 millimeter drive-in. Uh, yeah. They were showing Wizard of Gore on a Tuesday night. So my fiance and I loaded up the car and we drove out on a Tuesday to see this movie. And um, yeah, that was the first, that was 2021, I want to say. Oh, Makes yeah. sense. 
Yeah, and I just, you know, I refreshed, I revisited the movie because you guys brought it up. But um, yeah, I had heard it mostly because I had already seen Blood Feast and I was a fan of uh, Herschel Gordon. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, let's get into it. Uh, the spoiler-free short summary, I'm going to let Dustin take it away. A creepy-ass magician is able to hypnotize people to commit heinous acts on stage in gory details. Will the TV talk show hostess and her boyfriend crack the case? Not without more blood. <laughs> yeah. So trigger warnings. Just a lot of gross gore, but I mean, it's gore. dated, but it's like, it's 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 like, oh, that made me a little uncomfortable in a good way. Like, yeah. It, it's kind of, I don't know, man. Sometimes these practical effect ones still kind of, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. watch, it's like, I know this is dog food and red, red dye, but like, yeah. I'm still uncomfortable right now. I'm still kind of well, not having a great time. Yeah. There's some moments in this movie. It's like, what am I looking at? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Insides basically is like, okay, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can't wait to get into this movie. I've got some great notes. All right, I will take the I lead got here. I got so the movie starts out with a man, and he brings a sign out on the stage, and the sign says, Montag the Magnificent. Montag! Montag! Uh, then a man comes out, dressed like a magician, because that's what he is, and it's Montag. And then we get the title card. And he kind of looks like Vincent Price a little bit. Just going to throw that out there. Oh, fun fact about this man. So this was not the original actor that was supposed to play Montag. It was supposed to be Vincent Price. No, no, no. It would have been awesome. Vincent Price would be like, no. Um, No, it was this other older. I, I didn't see the name, but there was supposed to be some other older gentleman that was in shooting for two days. And he had like a mental breakdown and decided to just leave the set. And oh, Hirsch Gordon Lewis is like, shit, we need somebody. He pointed to the key grip in the in the studio. Was like, let's put him in makeup. Let's get him up there. We got we got to make this movie. And so that's why his makeup looks so shitty because he's not old. The guy's like in his early twenties. Get out. Yep. There's a fun fact I for was, all y'all. I was wondering. I was like, this guy looks a little weird. Well, yeah, because they're trying to make him look old, but like yeah. you can see, like the on his mustache, he's got little flakes. It's like, what's oh, it? <laughs> so that's basically things. how David Lynch found Bob, right? Same thing. Yeah, actually. Oh my God. Yeah, literally, almost the exact same way. Whoa. <laughs> There's a connection there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> fun fact. Nice. So I am Montag, master of illusion, followed by some crazy talk. What is real? I wrote <laughs> down. He long. sounds like Morpheus because I had just <laughs> I was just watching all the Matrix movies. <laughs> um, so yeah, then we get uh, some head chopping and film credits start rolling. No pun intended. <laughs> the score is definitely straight out of the seventies. I wrote more credits, music rolling while we get the weird spinning shots and freeze frames. I thought those were cool. Finally, it's done. Montag continues to present. He gets two cups and does a trick with some water, pouring it back and forth until it disappears. Oh, oh my God. After this, we finally see the audience that he is presenting to. It's cool because some of the shots put to you in the audience's perspective, mm -hmm. like you're watching the show as well. Um, he keeps going on eventually saying that he's going to saw a woman in half and ask a lady from the audience to volunteer. The lady comes up, two guys help her on the table, and Montag straps her in. He then gets handed this giant chainsaw. It's like a chainsaw type deal. Yeah. And it's he's a like, weird looking chainsaw. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the two guys come out uh, from before and they come out with a piece of wood and they hold it as Montag demonstrates that the chainsaw is real. And then he goes to cut the woman in half and he's like, oh, 
we're not going to use a normal handsaw in a box. I'm going to show you everything. And he just fucking chops her in half. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, what a, what a great start. Because, well, first of all, we're getting music that, yet again, does not match the gore. We get this smooth jazz that's very distorted and saturated. It just doesn't sound good. It's like... It's that grindhouse standard. It's, it's like, let's grind, put something yeah. really happy over this. But it's like, it's <laughs> and it's not yet again mixed well. But yet again, that's not the point. But um, it looks it looks really disgusting. And I know it's probably very cheap. It looks like, you know, like um, pulled pork with a... <laughs> it's just, they just put like, yeah, it's just someone's like, hey, Let's let's get that pulled pork up the street and just put it because <laughs> it just was. But it looks so gross, and it, the camera keeps going in and out, getting closer. I was like, "That's a good. That's a good way to start the film because that that intro of him talking for like five minutes was a bit boring. So thank goodness they got on the action right away. Oh, you gotta follow that up real fast, or you're gonna lose the audience. You know? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. What, yeah. What do you think of the gore in this first part? Oh, dude, I was I'm I'm all for it. I love I love the extreme close-ups of it and yeah. like him just like running his hands through her intestines and yeah. also the the fact that they show the audience and like awe and it's just like oh like, no, they're, whoa. Yeah, they're <laughs> shots like going back and forth from like his hands in the guts to the audience, to the hands in the guts to like someone on the side stage. Yeah, someone you know someone getting shot up outside. Um, like I was gonna know. Um, <laughs> no, it was it was good though. I. I uh, <laughs> Yeah. Enjoying the first shot. It was, it was as you said, it was good. Um, I don't know because you you have that like five minute mark to really get our attention, or it's going to go downhill. And it's like, all right, thanks for pulling us in finally. <laughs> yep. After your long speech. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they get longer, but we'll continue. Oh, because otherwise <laughs> the film would only be twenty minutes. And that's how long it should have been. But yeah, I would say it could have been. Uh, so, yeah, like you were saying, you guys were saying, um, it shows close ups of like her guts. And he's just playing with them as the audience watches. I wrote down that the cuts and edits in this are fucking weird. It's just like back and forth, back and forth. A Incredibly lot. abrupt. Yeah. Uh, then bam, he waves his hands and fixes her. I wrote, what the fuck? The music cuts abruptly too. Like, and they free her from the restraints and she gets up like nothing happened. The audience claps and the scene fades away. Yeah. End of that scene. So later on, the lady is eating at a restaurant and she just like falls apart. She just like falls <laughs> in half. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, wow. And then get this couple who is at the show. Um, I, I got their names. Sherry and Jack. Sherry and Jack. Jack. Yeah. For the longest time, I was like, the boyfriend and girlfriend. Well, that, yeah, they, they barely established their names. They say it like once. Yeah. But these, man. Like, oh, are these main characters? These are, Look, yeah. Because, I mean, at least I drink your blood. At least she yells at Roger enough. I don't know the fuck what her name is, but she yells Roger enough in the movie that God damn it, I know who Roger is. Right. <laughs> I know who Grandpa is. Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh. So, yeah, they are. They were at the show and they're about the show and the boyfriend is skeptical. He said he wasn't impressed. They're going back and forth and they're like walking down the street and then they see the crowd and the crowd's outside of the restaurant where the lady had died. I wrote a bunch of question marks because this was like, what is happening? <laughs> so the lady who got sawed in half got put back together, but then fell apart later on at a restaurant. And then it cuts to these two talking about the show. And then they come up, to the crowd at the restaurant where mm. that had happened. And uh, then, yeah, yeah. I, I have a little note I had here that every, almost everyone in the crowd was wearing brown. Hmm. 
I don't know why. The curtains are like kind of brown. No, no. Colored. I mean, in the in the outside the restaurant, like uh, other than the you no, know, the cop had a brown. Hat. Yeah, everyone was wearing brown. I was like, the UPS be. owns that town. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's I was a color coded town. I was just like, oh my gosh, I I didn't count a single person that wasn't wearing some type of brown or beige or. Uh, Anyway, it's supposed to be symbolism that they're all shitting themselves. <laughs> it's, yes, they can't believe they saw a woman's intestines fall out. I, I, I would. It, that happened to me at dinner. I'd, I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna leave this a one star review. Did not have a good time. <laughs> I can't be. I couldn't even be that mean on Yelp or anything. I would still give like two and a half stars. It'd be like the meal was delicious until until that <laughs> shout out to the chef. <laughs> But after all that, we cut to the TV station where I, uh, I'm just going to read this, how I wrote it down, where I guess the couple both work. <laughs> she's a news anchor, question mark, but she's actually not. She's the host of a talk show. And uh, we find out that he, what does he do? He, he like works for the newspaper. Yep, Jack's a, Jack's a newspaper editor reporter. Yeah. Yeah, I think sports reporter, right? I think. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Cause he says something about sports there. It's not consequential to the plot. Yeah. I was saying, I just remember because like she's the talk show host and he's like the jock. You know, they made it as like whitewash as they could. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so she is doing a bit on Montag the Great on her talk show, talking about what she had seen at his performance. She goes into detail about the body sign and she wants to bring Montag onto her show. Her show is called Housewife's Coffee Break. Oh god. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, I wrote. LOL. I too watched the view. Uh, we now go live to Sharon Osborne saying something racist. Take it away, Sharon. So she goes to Montag's apartment to invite him onto the show, and he doesn't do interviews, he's not having it, but she keeps trying to persuade him. This dude is weird. I wrote, he notice grabs... he's always yelling, he's like, I do not do interviews, I do not. I am Montag. It's like, dude, you're in the same room, like a few feet apart. Like, let's inside voice. That's when I tell my students, if you're inside, you gotta have an inside, inside voice. Inside voice, kid. Okay, come on, Montag. Can, can you imagine him just like he just got done fucking somebody? He's like, that was exquisite. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Montag. The morning. I finished. <laughs> <laughs> I shall bring you a town. <laughs> <laughs> So after bringing her a tally, grabs her hand and looks <laughs> at it. <clears throat> blood appears and then disappears. So, Ooh. yeah, so she got blood on her from the incident before. And yes. she, like, wipes it off, but that's the blood that's appearing and disappearing. He sees it for some reason. He then changes his mind and asks her to come to tonight's performance so they could work out some kind of arrangement. And then she, she leaves his apartment after that. We then get this weird-ass scene. Everything is red like a yeah. red filter on everything and montag is at a cemetery conjuring a coffin to rise out of the ground he then grabs a body out of the coffin and carries her off it's like and, okay yeah and this happens a few times throughout well, the movie well note about that something i i always notice with this particular scene it gives me um it makes me think about in house of a thousand corpses where there's just oh. some random cutaway scenes and it's like the guy, the guy with the shotgun talking about like he's he knows God and shit like yeah like, like, like I don't know I I, I I I when I watch this movie I just I've seen House of Thousand Corpses more more times than I can count but like I always think about those random like here's here's someone walking through a cemetery with red filter it's like that's exactly what they did in this oh movie. yeah you know mm -hmm. oh it's just like 
I feel like it was a reference. I feel like it was a reference. Like there's a lot of references in Rob Zombie movies, of course, but I feel like that one was directly to this film for some reason. I bet if it's seventies it, related, honestly. he's gonna have it in his films. That's what I mean. Like I was like, he definitely watches this shit because I know. I think on MTV Cribs he had a Blood Feast poster, if I remember correctly. Because I remember going like, ah, there it is. Like, <laughs> nice. Oh yeah. Uh, so after the red filter and the body snatching, the next scene is the boyfriend from before talking to. Uh, this is when I wrote Sherry and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> God. So Jack is telling Sherry that he doesn't want to go to the show regardless if they're they got free tickets or not, but they end up going to Montag's performance. The show starts out the same, but Montag says that he will drive a stake through the brain of a female volunteer. And he's like, can I get a volunteer? And no one wants to get up to volunteer. I wonder why. Uh, hmm. he, he calls him out a moment ago. You were tired of my old tricks. And then he like stares out into the audience and a man forces his girlfriend up and she gets up on the stage. We kind of find out what's going on with that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, Montag straps her in and then asks for a gentleman from the audience to come and inspect the spike. I'm pretty sure it's Jack, actually, that comes up and checks it out. Oh, he totally volunteers. Yeah, he wants to prove this shit's fake. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's fake, but it's actually real. And we find out it's real. Then Montag then drives the spike into the woman's skull, creating a hole where her brain... Oh, man. He like starts pulling her brains out. Yeah, I'm like, brutal. what the fuck? And he starts cutting. It's it starts cutting weird. Like it keeps starting over and over. Yeah, it's like what in the? F oh, it's actually on the TV right now. Yeah, but it's like it doesn't show anything, and then it'll cut back, and then she's all bloody, and then it'll cut back. She's not bloody, and it'll cut back. He's pulling her brains out. What do you guys think about this? Well, then we get like so we get the a very like we get this dummy head. You can obviously tell it's a dummy oh, head. Oh yeah, that's... and this is the part where I was like, I know it's a dummy, but like here. Where he starts poking the, at the, the eyeballs. Yes. And I know it's just a dummy, but it uh, still is like, oh, because you get all of the viscera and like attached to her hair and that smile. These guys like, ah, music doesn't help. And the music, uh, yeah, is like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that, so it's, it's a gross scene, even though we know it's a dummy, it still is effective because of how gross it is. It just starts uh, playing the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme. Bum, 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 Brought to you by Larry bum, David. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, these first two kills are pretty great, and I like, I, I appreciate ah! that Herschel Gordon-Lewis is like, you know what, fuck it, zoom in as much as you can. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Get it all in there. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's poking her eyeballs out. It's fucking graphic. And the audience is just casually watching. And all of a sudden, she's fine. And then he pulls the spike back out. And she gets up and walks back to her seat while everybody's clapping. I'd be like, what the fuck? Well, <laughs> like, yeah, so. I saw this. I'd be like, no. That's crazy. No, no, sorry. Okay. I, was, I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> Uh, Sherry and Jack then go over to Montag's place after the performance. Jack tries to call Montag out, saying that the woman ha he had sawed in half actually died after after he did that and put her back together. And then he takes it back, saying, "Well, it could be some random creep or whatever." Montag then ev eventually agrees to come on Sherry's show if he can perform a special illusion. Ooh. Then he tells them that they have to come to his show again tomorrow. 
Sherry and Jack then leave and have this back and forth about going and not going. Jack then drops Sherry off at her house and it cuts to the next morning. Yeah, these edits are a bit just all over the place. Yeah, there, there's uh, no no transitions needed. Just hurt. next morning, oh, later that night. You can definitely tell they need storyboard help. <laughs> they did not. I guarantee there was no storyboard <laughs> no. in this film. <laughs> okay, so I was like, okay, so it looks like Jack works for a printing company. I still don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I, like, I he was for Dunder Mifflin, actually. <laughs> That's my neck of the woods. Yeah, there you go. He sees the morning paper in the front page, says a second murder or something like that. He calls the guy who did the story and asks about the body. And he wants to, like, check out the body. So the next scene, we get Montag at the morgue, and he's stealing the body. And Doctor tries to stop him, but he yeah. puts some, like, spell on him. He's like, wow, and the guy, like, gets and that's, put in a trance or whatever. That's is like this your card? Is that <laughs> like do a close-up of his face, and that's the first time I started seeing flakes around his eyebrows and mustache. Oh like, God. really big ones. And I was like, wait a minute. What? He's not old. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> on illusion. It's an illusion. It's a reoccurring fucking theme. Jesus. Oh, God. And speaking of reoccurring themes, we have the red filter again. And he's carrying another body, shoving it in a hole. Yeah. <laughs> then an abrupt cut. So it's like he's stealing these bodies and he's putting them in like the hole, a hole in the side of like mausoleum or some Something shit in like the that. cemetery. I don't even know. Uh, after that. Dragon check. <laughs> after that jack and his buddy are at the diner and they're checking out the photos of the victim he tells his buddy about the woman who was sawed in half and sherry wants to put montag on his show wait sherry wants montag on his show i don't even know what i wrote <laughs> this all might be connected and there's a psycho in the audience copying him or montag's doing it we don't know uh, mystery. It's never now, well. Now it's a mystery. Now it cuts to Montag giving a show, but skips the beginning part of it. Because Thank goodness. It's like, yeah, I was gonna be like, is he gonna do the water trick again? But or the speech. Those that. speeches were because he did the same one twice, and they recorded it both times. So I'm like, this the third time. I was like, oh boy, here we go. And he's like, ah, here we go. See yeah, you? it's like right in the middle of the act already. Thank goodness. Uh, he and he already has the volunteers up and everything. Or wait, yeah, he asked for a volunteer. No one wants to go. Montag looks at a guy in the eye and he hypnotizes him. And that's when he like gets up and he like forces his girlfriend to get up. So that's what Montag's been doing this whole time. Mm -hmm. He's like forcing He's people. He's got mind powers. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> this time he's got a giant hole punch. Damn. Bro, what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. He demonstrates that it is real and then once again uses it on the volunteer. God damn, this is brutal. Guts everywhere. Then it goes back to normal again like nothing happened. Applause. What do you guys think about the hole punch? Ooh, I'll let you go first because I have some notes on this one. I mean, uh, what's it called? I'm choking on my coffee. Don't mind me. <laughs> it went down the wrong hole. Uh, I think the hole punch is, uh, you know, everything I could dream of with a giant hole punch going through a person's body. Um, it's, is it a bit of an overkill? You betcha. Is it great for this film? You betcha. Yep. I would have to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this film, the rest of it, I cannot stand, but these kills are so just over the top and the way ahead of their time. And yes, it's, it's cheap 
you know, gore effects, but they work. And I think that's why people know Hersh Gordon Lewis as the father of splatter because he can do these elements and they just look gross, but so good. And I could see why he had such a huge influence, but yeah, that punch press, like <laughs> lots of blood yeah. intestines. Then he starts playing with them. And we get this like <laughs> this jazz. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's it's like so the Muppet theme or something. Yeah. Do the Muppets keep popping back up. Not the first time Muppets have been. I fucking love to this show. It's my serious ancestors are telling me something every time he comes up. Um it's okay. I'm 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 Fozzie Bear, man. It's fine. Um <laughs> going going back to what you just said, it looks it you said it looks so good. Have you guys seen that old video of that dude? He's like a chef. He's like, mmm, looks so good and tasty. <laughs> He's a, it's a, dude, you do that way too well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's from like a cable access show or something. Yeah. I think. That's sorry, that's like what mm. popped in my head, and I've <laughs> I've just been laughing to myself. I had to say something. Mmm, so good and tasty. So no, it's good. it sticks with you. <laughs> You're gonna hear that shit falling asleep tonight. You're gonna be like just dozing off. He's like, mm. Mm. I'm gonna have to. Sorry, I'm gonna have to put that in. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but it was a good kill. <laughs> After the whole punch, okay. <laughs> Muppets, uh, wow. We Muppets. <laughs> and the Muppets come out. <laughs> then the Muppets come out, and they're like, "Ha, oh, we've been a part of the show." <laughs> Waka waka. Oh my god. So, the old guys in the background. You think that's bad? Yeah, you oh. see my wife. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. We, we <laughs> need that with like across uh, what are the old guys' names? Oh my god. Oh, oh I know. I, we need those guys a part of the audience watching. Oh Montez. Oh dude. my gosh, someone could edit that. That'd be incredible. <laughs> I don't think he's got the guts. The oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, where where, where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> All right, so uh, Sherry crying. and Jack, I'm crying too. That was awesome. Uh, so she, Sherry and Jack are sitting at a table, and guess what? The woman from the show is found dead. Oh, holy shit! Jack gets a call from his buddy, and he gets down to the police station with uh, looking at photos of the dead women. And so Sherry and Jack get up and head down there. They talk with the cops about the spec their speculations. I wrote. They're like, the cops are like, you guys just been trying to figure this out on your own. You haven't even came to the cops yet. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Uh, and then here we go. Red filter again. Montag slips into the morgue again to claim another body. And carrying the body off, he throws it down the <laughs> down the hole of the mausoleum again. Right. And then it cuts to the middle of the another performance. So it's like we're just jumping. Oh yeah, there's there's. Now. It's just, it's like if you're trying to find a plot. It's 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 barely there, but it's like it's barely. We're there. all waiting for the next kill anyway. Like we don't give two shits about Jack cutting. and Sherry and yeah. Jim and. It's definitely more about the yeah. gore than it is about the the storyline in this movie yeah. for sure. There's no character development. It's just no, annoying really. couples fighting and people dying in very gruesome ways. And that's the thing. It's a interesting concept. A killer magician. Very cool. But it's not done effectively here. If they kept the kills and then like truncated it to actually having a story that's easy to follow, this would have been 
pretty darn good. I mean, it's it's good for other reasons, but it's not, you know. Uh, oh, anyway, eh, let's, let's continue. Because this next kill is also brutal as hell. Uh, so, yeah, now we're back to the next performance. We're right in the middle of it, and he goes to shove a bunch of swords down a woman's throat. Ooh. I just wrote, fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's just another scene of just like, oh, he calls up a gentleman, come and prove the swords are real. Jack comes up and does the thing. Then Montag starts shoving swords down, and they go through the whole act just like the others, cutting back and forth from gore to normality. And it's just, yeah, just gets brutal, more gruesome every time. Yeah. Well, they're like coughing up, like, you know, like their insides, and it just, it, it goes on for a while because he does it to not one but two women. Two women. There's multiple swords. It's like there's parts where you could tell obviously it's all fake and it's like some weeble wobbly fucking fake sword he's I trying know. to shove down, but it's still like no, still gets you, I think. And the music. Okay, this is when the music was. I was really just starting to get tired of it because when it, when it goes to the scene of him killing, it's this like. Boop, 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 and then it gets the audience it's always the same thing. It's like, bring, 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 bring. It's like, just ah, because after the third or fourth kill, that's what they do every time. And I was like, please, do they have anything else in their soundtrack budget. No, I I feel like that's such a sign of its times, though, because like I feel like I've seen the same thing during like. The Brady Bunch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, uh, I feel like a lot of retro stuff. I see a lot of those weird. They like to do that double cut scene where it goes from like something chaotic and chaotic music to like peace. And back, yeah. then, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's um definitely uh, um showing its age. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, it does. Uh, so after that, everything goes back to normal, and the show is over. Jack follows one of the women who is on stage. And eventually Jack goes back to Sherry. This is when it like cut a few times and then I got lost. This is where I got I, I got lost and I was watching. It's like he starts following a woman, but then he's not. I don't so the uh, the idea here was that the detectives were like, we just gotta figure out if Montag's doing this. So uh, we're gonna follow the women. Then there's two women on stage. Oh, we need to split up. You follow that woman, I follow that woman. Yeah. After the show and the, the women get off the stage, this is where I got angry with the movie because, first of all, you can't see anything. It's dark. There's, you can't see shit. You see a woman getting into a car and a guy is getting into a car but barely see it. And then they're driving and they're following both of these women. And I mean, it is like 15 minutes. And what's worse, the music. Guys. It is a loop. I think I it's a three-minute loop of the same song, and I wrote it down four fucking times. They played it, and I was like, "Please get back to the magician killing. This shit's dumb. Stop it." I was oh, too much. I was getting upset. Tell us yeah. how you really feel. Yeah, I put it tailing music four fucking times. Or he's what? got it's taking up half the page. Oh my yeah. God. I, I wish they would have used the tailing music from Animal House when Bluto's trying to go between the trees. That would have been perfect. But. Oh, that's a, have you seen that movie? Oh, Animal? Actually, I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, that's a good one. It's classic. Actually, yeah. It's that. Never mind. Fuck. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but yeah, sorry. That's how I feel about that scene. So you can uh, continue. That's how Kevin, Kevin feels about it. Um, <laughs> so... 
All right. Eventually, uh, Jack goes back to Sherry, and then both of the women have been found dead. Oh, oh my God. Jack gets into it with the cops. Oh, God. And they want to try and stake out Montag while he performs on Sherry's talk show. They start, they start plotting, I guess. I don't know. Montag starts the show, and the camera zooms up to his face. This dude is ugly. Yeah. <laughs> He's ugly. He's hypnotizing everyone that is watching. Shit starts happening, but Jack wasn't paying attention, so he isn't hypnotized. Everybody's bleeding. <laughs> oh, dude. So, like, how Jack was yelling, your hand is bleeding. Our hands are bleeding. Steve, you're bleeding. Steve, you're bleeding. Have you guys seen that old video, like the uh, rejected cartoons? My anus is bleeding. Oh, my God. <laughs> my spoon is too big. My spoon is too big. <laughs> but, but no, how Jack is like, your hand is bleeding. Your hand is bleeding. It just oh, very much the same thing. Dude, and same thing. My anus is bleeding. And I wrote my notes. Why is everyone's hands bleeding? This has never been established. Why is this? Well, this is when it the movie turns into uh, it was secretly a Christian film the whole time. The bleeding hands representing oh. the nails of Christ. See? Oh. They snuck it in there. And all those women were uh were unfaithful or something so they have to be punished by the wrath of god in montag because the ultimate Naughty. punishment the ultimate Got punishment it. is never Got being it. able to hold m&ms you know that's what it is okay i'm gonna insert my anus is bleeding <laughs> in this episode please do how many times can we reference uh rejected cartoons right now within this movie <laughs> so everyone is in a trance and they are bleeding montag's eyes take up the whole television screen in houses and businesses he calls forth a few of the workers to come join hands and starts walking the fire starts out of nowhere why not <laughs> jack comes to save the day pushing montag into the fire and saving sherry later on sherry and jack are having Ugh. a drink talking about what had happened so like yeah he pushes montag into the fire he burns up and dies saves the jack saves the day and then just like cut to the next scene it should just ended there yeah with him burning yes it should have but then we get this is where i got angry again but it anyway, was just continue. like a little okay so after that this Sherry, is where Ebenezer Shamalon kicks in yep <laughs> yeah it just ruins it um <laughs> Later on, Sherry and Jack are having a drink, talking about what had happened. Sherry asks why Jack didn't get hypnotized. And he was all like, well, I just didn't look. When he started looking at the TV, I just got this weird feeling, and I just didn't look. Oh. I was taking a really nasty shit, honey. You know we had your Nova. Good. <laughs> Good for you, Jack. She Good keeps, for you, Jack. She keeps going off, and then all of a sudden, Jack turns into Montag and ah! attacks Shelly, killing her. One final final gory scene of Montag ripping out Sherry's guts, but she just starts laughing. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? But she deals with illusions, telling Montag he's not even real. I was like, what the fuck? She tells him that he has to start over. And this then it is cuts. what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, she tells him he has to start over. And then it cuts to literally the beginning scene of the film. And then Chippy's 70 psychedelic music starts playing in a spinning camera. The end. Why? It, that literally <laughs> is. I was Pete walking into the woods with a gun. <laughs> yeah, it's like that makes more sense than this. That literally was an M Night Shyamalan fucking end. 
So Very there's so, so many unanswered questions. But I, I have to keep in mind, we have to keep in mind that this movie was not made to make sense. It's supposed to be for the spectacle of the kills. But then someone's like, you know what? Let's try to add a twist ending. No. no. Kill Montag, call it good. It's it's already not that great of a movie. We are only watching this because of the gore effects. But now you have to add this. Oh, Sterry is also an illusionist. <laughs> yeah. And... You're not even real. You're not, like, I wonder if the movie was like too short. You know what I mean? If like the studio was like, "Hey, your film's only a, an hour and ten minutes." Can like, they're like, "All right, how can we just add ooh, twenty minutes onto this shit?" Let's wow. put a really ridiculous chase scene that no one can see and a twist ending. That'll get them pretty much. Yes, that's probably probably what happened. Honestly. We'll add one more scene of gore, and then no one will ever. <laughs> I can even see the ending, the surprise ending, even being that he, you know, him killing Sherry and ending there. And they're like, film's still not long enough. Like, fuck, I guess she's an illusionist now, too. Okay. (laughs) Right. I'm like, what do we do? Well, first of all, they never explained this. Like, how is it that everyone could be hypnotized not to see the killing and then the person dies later? Why are the the blood getting on their hands? Why is Montag everything why everything why yeah, this, this could why? have been made a very simple movie why it's a magician that kills people why? and he hypnotized people to think he's not killing them that's it why? we don't need the chase scene we don't need the red filter fucking shit we don't need this ending just <laughs> i want to see these cool kills that's the only reason why i gave it one star on my letterbox because i'm like okay it's got that going for it and I, it's one of those movies that i like bad movies i was gonna but, say did you enjoy this more than uh horrors of spider island no oh yes very much so okay horrors of spider island oh Oh, brother so check out our episode on that i start yelling yeah kevin literally starts i was very upset i'm i'm is it 60s or 70s 1960 all right i'm in i'll watch it please do it's on tubi there's two different cuts oh right there's the we accidentally uh, watched two different cuts if you watch tubi or if you watch plex you might get the the original. I got the more pornographic version. Yeah, because it was supposed to be a porno, and then they were like, no, let's turn this into a sci-fi. <laughs> that, that happened um, about four years ago. I was, for a real quick second, I was a co-host of a uh, horror movie podcast oh. in Jersey. And uh, dude, like literally, it was one of those things like I joined in March, and the podcast was over by July because there was so much internal conflict. Oh, I digress. I can't remember what film it was, but the four of us each watched a different version of it. Because <laughs> uh, I heard the person who was reading off the notes, uh, you know, was going off, and the rest of us are sitting there going, "What? What are you talking about? That didn't happen." You know, like it was. Fuck, I can't remember what movie it was. It was from like the eighties, but yeah, we watched two completely different versions. <laughs> nice. No. Yeah, that's basically what happened to us when we were. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. Made it a little more interesting, but the movie's terrible. Yes. <laughs> oh, it. Oh, uh, oh. Uh. No, I'd watch this any day of the week compared to that, um, especially for these kills. Because man, this this one right now we're watching the pen- punch press. Ugh. Oh, yeah. It, it's grody. It's grody. <laughs> but, so uh, we'll move on to yes. scenes that stick out. Besides, I mean, obviously it's the kills. What do you guys? Think? Yeah. It's it's the kills. It's all of them were unique enough. Like I've never think in my lifetime I watch a movie where someone uses a fucking punch press to kill someone. That was that was different, and I liked it. And, and like just some of these 
kills that we're so used to seeing in slashes all the time, this is where it kind of got started with some of these unique ones. And I appreciate that they don't shy away from it. Like they they zoom they in. just zoom in, they let it go. And really, if that was the whole movie and then a average, like it's a killer magician, let's stop him. This would have been fine. But then they had to add all these other elements. Um, so yeah, for me, it was just the kills. Even with the fake dummy head for the brain spike, that one was I had I had to be like, ugh. I had to. <laughs> I was like, that's nice and gross. <laughs> ugh. That was me though. What do you think, Vader? Oh, uh, well, um, I mean, overall, it's. Um, I feel like this movie. I put it in the category. I, I feel like I'm kind of repeating what you said in a sense, but um, I put this film in the same category that I put street trash. Oh, you know, like good. in the sense of, I just watch it for the gore and effects. I don't watch it because it has a great storyline and because I'm very interested, like it's good background noise. You know what I mean? Yes. Like if you're cleaning the house, you put it on and also you go, Oh wait, here comes the death scene. And you sit down and you watch it. And then like what all the, uh, where the supposed character development would be, you go back to doing what you were doing. And then like, Oh, yeah. here go, you know, yeah. because, I mean, you know, just like street trash it's kind of i want to say a pointless movie but i mean i really don't know what the point of street trash is like it's literally just oh. like, we're watching horrible people be horrible and then there's really colorful death scenes when we get to street trash i actually there is a societal satire element to it um, oh definitely definitely i just um I don't know. There's just certain parts of that film that i'm like it, it undoes the rest of the film for me but yeah i mean yeah, good, good point good point yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, this is definitely one of those films that um, I appreciate just because I really love the retro shit. Like, I I don't know. I could watch 60s and 70s films all night and not get bored. Um, yeah. I mean, do you guys watch Sven Gulli? I have not, but I've heard of it. It's a TV show. He's kind of like Imagine Tales from the Crypt, except it's really fucking corny. Like oh. really, really, really corny. Hmm. Like, 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 like dad jokes. Times. Oh, I love that. Like, yeah, but he does these like black and white films and stuff, and they're absolutely god awful. But the commentary on it, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah there, there's my two cents. There you go. Performances from actors that stick out for you, Dustin. I only had one. I wrote down. <laughs> I don't know if any of them stick out. <laughs> like. I mean, you wrote down Montag was so bad it was good. <laughs> I don't, yes, that was it. I don't. I don't have any input for none of the performances stuck out. I would say, I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, um, what was the the main guy's name? The the sports writer who possibly worked for a paper mill. Oh, Jack. Jack. <laughs> Jack. Um, you know, on one hand, he was very good. You know. I feel like he was totally typecasted because he was very good at being like a normal white straight guy. Yes. Props to him. Not to mention we see his <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's like Courtney Love playing playing someone on dope. It's so natural, you know? Like because <laughs> um, like I'm watching this film, I'm like, wow, this is really how couples talk to each other. I forgot. Like Yeah. <laughs> they played a they played a uh a standard cis couple very well. Yes. Oh yeah. Very standard. <laughs> Otherwise, all the acting goes to um, the twenty-year-old playing a seventy-year-old. Yes, but hey, it it was a last-minute thing, and he was he was not an actor. So the fact that I don't know, I I appreciated how bad it was because it was good. Because oh, definitely, that's what I mean. I, I, I feel like he made the best out of a bad situation. Yes, yes. I mean, I would have yeah. loved to seen who the original guy would have been, but 
interesting interesting oh uh, i mean also uh what's it called oh no i i really want to see the cut now with the two old guys from the muppets like i really hope one of you makes that because <laughs> like oh that was good at video. i don't know anything Dude, about video that's it. my problem too man if you give me a windows 98 computer with windows movie maker i can make it happen anything else i i have no idea <laughs> we'll ask we'll ask a guy we'll ask somebody well uh, while you're at it season two of twin peaks without all the james scenes thank <laughs> you oh my god the james and evelyn it's so line. important to his character development man he's going through emotions no... and he's got to fix this car okay. and... no no <laughs> you, uh, don't worry ladies there's enough forehead for everybody <laughs> oh my god Hey, um, so we are talking about the special effects. I think we could probably move forward to the overall feeling. Dustin, what is your overall feeling about it? Um, again, I, I feel like both of these movies I would have been okay with not watching, but like it was cool to watch them, especially since, uh, you know, the director is known for being the father of Splatter. I feel like being a horror fan and having or hosting a horror movie podcast feel like I should see these movies yes. and I should know of them just to put that out there. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I think it's a unique idea. It just executed <laughs> very poorly. And I mean, the kill yeah, scenes. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was like, okay, that was yeah. cool. It's like not that. one of those. It's so bad. It's good horror movies, which we've seen quite a few of those. It's like a, it's like a so bad. It's eh, it's a, okay. eh. Would okay. I watch, uh, we'll get to that, I guess in a bit, but like, it's, it's just kind of eh. Yeah, Vader. How about you with uh, Wizard of Gore here? You know, uh, it's for me. It's definitely one of those things. Um, I do the same thing with music that I do with horror movie. If someone tells me, "Hey, this is where this started," I want to see where it all started. And like, you know, it's one of those things where I, you know, honestly, I probably would have never watched Wizard of Gore again. But then you guys said, "Hey, we're going to talk about it on the podcast," so I did. Uh -huh. Um. You know, seeing it that one time at the drive-in, that was perfect. That was the perfect way to see it, uh, you know. And then I really had probably had no intention of ever watching it again. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, I definitely think it's one of those things to just watch and appreciate just to see where we came from. But yeah. also, once again, it's not one of those films where, like, if someone tells me they don't want to watch Wizard of Gore, I'm not I'm like, poser. You know, this is gonna be like, yeah. right, I understand it's not for everybody, you know. I yeah. Mean, I personally love this shit, you know, so it's just like, of course, I'll watch it. But if, you know, I couldn't hate on somebody who's not interested in seeing this movie because it's, yes. it's not your thing. It's not your thing, you know. Okay. True, true. And speaking of not being our thing, the music, I Larry Wellington did the music and I it, a lot of jazz breaks, a lot of over reused music clips and like the one for the chase scene earlier. Uh but I just feel like I've seen so many 1970 horror films in the last few weeks that they're all starting to muddle themselves together. It's like, it's always jazz. Yeah. Everyone, it, like, there's a killing. There's jazz. There's a chase. It's jazz. I'm like, like a, or like some like funkish stuff yeah. coming up. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, and someone's ripping his guts out. I'm like, that doesn't match with what's going on. Well, I, you know, it makes me wonder, um, I guess, who was the first person to get the horror score, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we got Frankenstein had a scarier score than this, you know? So oh, the Universal Monster. Yeah. The Universal Monster classics all have great scores. And that's what I mean. So it's like, so where'd they go wrong here? I guess they were trying to be modern. Maybe they were trying to be hip. 
probably. Yeah, trying to be hip, trying to be relevant. I mean, um, that's the only thing I could think of, honestly, because like you know, I feel like there's other grindhouse movies you'll watch from the '70s, and they'll even have the porno groove like wah pedal. Uh, it really sounds like a scene where people are fucking, but like you know, something terrible is happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. A lot of times, I just really wonder: did they get the right composer? You know what I mean? They they probably I don't know. The, does it have to do with money? Does it have to do with not having connections? You know, right? Know. No clue. Um, I don't know because I mean, yeah. also I guess with Universal, you know, they had the funds to get an orchestra to record their music. These films are so low budget. They're like, yeah, get that um, get that cover band from the bar down the road. <laughs> Probably. There you go. You yeah. know, like I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Like they spent <laughs> spent so much money on the gore that it's like, fuck, we have no budget for the sound. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're gonna wing it. Where is it? Yeah, you know, we'll do it live. Fuck it. He's <laughs> like, hey, you have your son in that high school band, right? Let's get him over here. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, some of those scores do sound like that. I can't think offhand, but like I feel like I've watched a couple horror movies where it's supposed to be like a pit orchestra, and the clarinets are so out of key. It's like I can't tell <laughs> if this is on purpose or you know if it's just like you're working with what you're working with. It's like yeah, we got the freshman college team uh, <laughs> first month of the uh, first month of the semester. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about the actors and the crew. Um, we've got Ray Sager as Montag the Magnificent, Judy Clare as Sherry Carson, Wayne Rate as Jack, Phil Lorenzen as Greg. I love how none of you guys have last names. It's just that's what it was on there. And Jim Rao as Steve. Steve. <laughs> and the so the crew was very, very small. Yet again, it's a low-budget film. Herschel Gordon-Lewis actually was also the cinematographer, so he was the guy that was zooming in on all the gore, which makes the most sense. Mm. Um, makes sense. Alex Ameri was the editor. Shame on him. Um, <laughs> Frank Morelli was the hairstylist and makeup artist. Great job on Frank Morelli. And the special effects were actually done by Herschel Gordon-Lewis himself alongside two assistants, Luis Down and Robert Lewis. So basically, Herschel is doing a good chunk of this of these movies so he's is, the director and the cinematographer and he does the gorn special effects yes that explains why there's no character development yes that, scene that makes sense does it <laughs> need gave, to he gave the guy the editor not much to work with it's like here i got mm -hmm. all these random scenes to make it make sense yes yeah and as a director he was the godfather of gore started not as a director but a college professor who taught english literature he established the beginning of the splatter film with gruesome bloody tastic gore films such as we talked earlier about blood feast 1963 the next year 2000 maniacs 1964 and a taste of blood in 1967 he has um, people that are very inspired by his work and you'll be very surprised well i'm not surprised by quentin tarantino but, oh, John, yeah. but John Waters, Robert Rodriguez, and James Gunn are very inspired by his splatter work. Hmm. I forgot he did a thousand, or was it, how many Maniacs was it? Two thousand. <laughs> Ten thousand Maniacs is the band. I always get that confused, because one's a band and one's a movie. Yes, yes. He also did this movie I'm looking at right here in 1972, The Gorgor Girls. Girls. Yeah. Instead of the Go Go Girls, the I love that. Girls. Gorgor Girls. The Gorgor Girls. The horror comedy, apparently. Ooh, and that's... it stars our home dog, uh, Montag. Montag's in it. No shit. Yeah, I kind of want to watch we, I have now. to watch that one. Free yeah. on Tubi. Of course, it's on Tubi. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. 
it's got a higher score than the other. So I have to check that one out for sure. Have you guys seen Blood Feast on that note? The the one from 63? No, but no, I, I've heard of it. Um, it's been on my radar, but I have not it, seen it yet. I'm not going to, I want to give much away. I will say in comparison to Wizard of Gore, there's actually more of a story. Oh, that's always nice. The music is worse, but uh, there's actually more of a story. Um, like there's actually, there's an actual kind of like, storyline and there's a reason things are happening you know what i mean like it's, it's actually <laughs> there's a reason <laughs> yeah and then um you know in the 80s there's a movie called blood diner um which is yeah. heavily influenced by blood feast um yeah, it's but it's somehow easier oh, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. i think both are free on tubi if i remember correctly because you know what doesn't Tubi have dude um, tubi, we were just talking about that tubi is where it's at it's one of my favorite services now next part Did you hear uh, my cat screaming <laughs> that's what that was no I she's didn't. like i don't want to watch these movies anymore no, she's ahead. mad because my fiance and i are in the same room at the same time she only likes it when we're all together oh so it's like uh, you know um what's it called yeah if we're when we play video games one of us is in the living room one of us is in the bedroom with our own tvs and the cat stands in the doorway like why <laughs> <laughs> like, are you guys getting divorced is it because of me <laughs> so let's go into when it was released Is that yeah. where we're at it was released on october 23rd 1970 in the u.s of a alternate names for the movie house of torture hmm, hmm. budget sixty thousand dollars wow yeah that makes sense did we get a no i'm no box office, I'm assuming. Yep, no box office for this one. <laughs> 200 of that was for the music. <laughs> <laughs> no box office score, no Rotten Tomatoes critic score, but a 44% from audience. Ooh. And like we said, Tubi comes to the rescue again. <laughs> mm -hmm. We could watch, You can watch it on Tubi if you want to watch this movie. And that's about it for The Wizard of Gore. Let's do the rating system. Yeah. Kill it, watch it, or buy it. We'll start Ooh. with Vader. You know, uh, not to be a cookie cutter, but same thing as I said for I Drink Your Blood. I say watch it, and if you enjoy it, buy it. Fuck it. It's uh, Just don't buy it on VHS because the copies go for like $500. Just just Dang. get it. I, I got it on DVD for a buck. The, the VHS goes for 500 Get the DVD. I be, yeah, I believe that. This was probably one of those VHSs that, yeah. I entered a raffle to win it a couple weeks ago. Spoiler, I didn't win. But. Damn. Oh. Not because I was ever going to watch it again, but the artwork is really cool, and it comes in one of those big boxes. You know what I mean? Like, where the box is even bigger than the VHS tape. Huh. So I just want to hang this on my wall. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Kevin? I would say watch it once. It's just like the other one. Yes, it's not good, but the redeemable qualities of just just the the gore is just so over the top that it's you can't believe that you're watching it from 1970. And is it you know, it's it's gross, it's disgusting, but that's what we like here on this podcast. So I say watch it, but if anything, just watch the kill scenes or something. You can skip all the other shit. It doesn't I'm matter. Sure there's a YouTube compilation of just all the deaths together. I wouldn't be surprised. That's really all that we're watching it for. I mean, mm. yeah. But uh, yeah, I would say at least watch it once. And then does somebody. Oh, yeah, I guess me. Uh, I guess watch it. It's just like it's just like I drink your blood. I mean, is it worth watching? Sure, only because of what 
what it is. You know what I mean? Just, right. That's the only reason. But if you would rather just watch the kill compilation, if that's the thing, I would recommend that because there's not much else to this movie. Yes. Save yourself like an hour. Yeah, yes. Honest, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And wow, we got through another batch of 1970s films. Woo! Yes, we did. Uh, All team like, rules. We had some <laughs> technical difficulties, but we got through it. Yes. Vader, oh, yeah. thank, thank you for coming on. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you. Is there anything you want to plug in right now? Anywhere we can follow you or your band oh, yeah. or anything? Uh, well, I mean, the band I mentioned at the beginning of the last recording take, that's my bass and drum stoner metal band, Deja Gravy. And the hashtag is just Deja Gravy. Mm. Um, what's it called? I also do my own kind of solo thing, which ranges from like the first album is was inspired by if Hotel Transylvania met uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, <laughs> it's like ah. experimental huh. dance music that's spooky it's like spooky dance music i don't know how to describe it um oh thank you i've done everything since then of just like like i put out a horror surf album um i had i put an album out last year that's really dumb and i'm very proud of it it's called uh short songs with long names and i think the longest song on the album is a minute um the shortest song is one second but uh to give you an example um but I'm putting out four albums this year. I should mention that, or Dang. at least I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm driving myself fucking crazy. Um, like, all right, this. No, I hit the wrong album. That one is "Must Be High to Enjoy," which I put out last year as well. Um, <laughs> Very prolific. It's, it's not for people who are who are sober. I'll say that much. Um, <laughs> I mean, so I do have uh, sober fans. It's just you know, it's not. Yeah. Oh, I put a Christmas album out once. That was pretty fun. Um, so, <laughs> I think I have 10 releases at this point. I just keep shitting it out because people keep buying it. All right. Like short song with long names. Uh, I would love to join you for brunch, but I have to go home, count my teeth collection and touch myself. That's the name of one song. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Um, some say the last time they were seen was hanging through the Walmart bathroom to do K off each other's genitals. That's track eight on that album. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun with that but uh yeah, yeah you can find me on instagram under deja glue d-e-j-a-g-l-u-e mm-hmm. um, what's it called i post a lot of pictures of my cat uh so if you like cats i post a lot of pictures and videos um yeah, i like cats we love cats yeah Oh, right on. Well, I'm going to have to find uh, Kevin after this on social media. And I want to check out Kevin's band because I know you and I were talking about it when we were waiting yes, for Kevin sir. last time. Oh, yeah. I was um, telling me you're in a black metal band. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you play in the band? A guitar. Okay. And you're the singer of your band. All right. So we got we have all different going on here. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Right on. Yeah, mostly bassist here, but wanna be drummer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, and oh yeah, with the music, you could find me under uh Vader Boris, Vader with a T, V-A-T-E-R Boris. I'm on Bandcamp, I'm on Spotify. The only place you won't find me is Apple Music. I'm still under the old name Vader's Vibrators on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was the working name for like the electronic music. And then I did the oh. surf album, the horror surf album. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's Vader's Vampires. Ah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, the, the Christmas EP, I was just under Vader Boris. And I have, I, I haven't really officially announced it yet, but the next one coming out is called uh, Vader's Vengeance. And it's my attempt at a power violence album. 
Ooh, nice. okay. I like what yeah. So yeah, I have a bunch well, of shit sweet. coming out this year, and uh, Deja Gravy recorded a live album last year to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. I just got the mixes for it this week, so hopefully we'll be dropping a live album this year. That's great, man. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Well, trying to keep busy. I mean, it's, it's hard considering my drummer lives in Jersey and I'm in Salem, but we try. Oh, right, right. We try. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, thank, thank you guys for having me. Um, if you're ever down to have a, a Muppet Twin Peaks episode, you let me know because oh, I'm fucking on <laughs> We will make sure to do that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're Yeah, Twin Peaks is going to have to happen. Yes. Absolutely. Dude, I'm always down. Uh, as I said, man, um, my my fiance and I like in our kitchen. We have this huge tapestry with the uh, the I don't know where this is gonna take us, but I'm sure it's someplace wonderful and strange. Like we have that, and like our our kitchen is Twin Peaks themes, essentially. Nice, <laughs> we're, nice. we're that couple. That's why I mean, if you guys are want to watch talk Twin Peaks, you got us. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. And that will be it for this week. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And thank you, Vader, for joining us. If you enjoyed enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review wherever you are listening. That helps us get in front of a wider audience. Mm -hmm. Also, make sure to give us a like on Facebook or follow our Instagram and TikTok page where you can follow us um, on there and give us a like, give us a comment. Um, you can slide into our DMs and let us know, hey, we think you're doing a great job. Here's a movie you should check out. Or we've actually got quite a few messages about movies to check out. And we actually had a director um, reach out to us about covering one of his movies. We'll make sure to do that, hopefully going into April. So we've got a lot of great stuff coming your way. And I just really appreciate the support so far. Don't forget our letterboxed. Um, we also have our own letterbox. We also have our own personal letterboxed. Um, Dustin, what's your letterbox there? Uh, mine is spooky402. Mine is Hedge Knight 227. Vader, do you have a letterbox or do you know what letterbox? I, is? I have no idea what that is. Oh. I think you should get one. So, Letterbox is an app where you could basically do movie reviews. You can make ranking lists. You could make lists. You could, it's everything movie related. Yeah. All sorts of stuff at Letterbox is where it's at. That sounds like Discogs, but for movies. It is yes, exactly actually, it is. yeah. That's Except exactly. for you can't okay. buy any movies from through there. Outside of Letterbox, you can also email us directly at hfmmpodcast at gmail.com. Kevin, do we love hearing from him? Oh, we certainly do. We get <laughs> love. We get emails. I mean, as you know, last month we did a recommendation episode. We watched the movie Begotten. Begotten. So God. we'll. Uh, uh, <laughs> even he knows about yeah. it. So we'll one and done. Yeah, 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 we were in the same boat there, Bader. Same boat because after that, it was just like Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, please get send us movies, whether they're, they're like Begotten or whether they're triple A action flicks that have some horror elements or something. Send it to us at hfmmpodcast.gmail.com. And don't forget to tell us some of your favorite horror films and music and uh, make sure to listen in because we got some stuff coming up in the month of March. What do we have? So we do have some stuff coming up in the month. month Indeed. Of March. Wait, well, hold on. Where? When does this come out? Okay, this is our last episode of February. So yes. our March schedule. Our next episode, nineteen seventy part three. We will be talking about the Dunwich Horror and Scream and Scream again. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, Vader, thanks for coming on with us. Yes. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. Yeah. There you go. Don't forget. <laughs> Thank you, Bob Barker. Final, final <laughs> He's not with us anymore, so I have to do it. I'm sorry. No, I get uh, yeah. Okay. And yep, this has been 
Horror Flicks and Music Mix.